Hello and welcome to the One One, your West Australian racing podcast. I am BJ Ryan. This is episode 58, proudly sponsored by Betfair. Don't bet harder, bet smarter with Betfair. As always, I'm alongside the Perth racing guru, Terry Layton, and joining us again in the One One studios is Pistol Pete Antonitz. G'day, Terry, and welcome back, Pete. G'day, guys. How are you? Good, Peter. Desperate times, though, BJ. We're getting him back twice in a month. It's uh, yeah, tough concerning. Time. Yeah, it is concerning, isn't it? Tough time for guests on the one-one if um, if Pistol's back. Um, but how was everyone's Christmas anyway, guys? I'm just going to fire shots from ball one here, I think. Uh, Christmas. When yeah, was that? 25th of December every year. It seemed like it was about an eternity ago. There's been mm. a lot of racing between it gets now and then. confusing, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. 47 uh, metres on Boxing Day. I think Pete walked in and asked what day it was, didn't he? No, that, I still that, don't that's know. That's how good yeah. we're He just we're said, I'm looking on. forward to Pinjarra on Sunday. I'm pretty sure Pinjarra's Friday, but I can't really confirm <laughs> that, to be honest with you. So, um, it's, yeah, been, it's been full on, hasn't it? It has been, been full yeah. on. How was little Harrison's first, Chrissy? Not too bad. Not, not too, too bad. bad. We, we ended up in emergency on Christmas Eve, though, so... <laughs> He was a, it was a memorable first Christmas, but he's all right. Had a little nick on his eye, um, oh, unfortunate. No. Well, okay. Yeah, he's 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 re- he's recovered well. He's re- his eyes repaired nicely, but yeah, it wasn't a good start to Christmas. No. But and then it sort of just got even more hectic um, as the days progressed. And Boxing Day was exhaustion had kicked in, and uh, there wasn't a lot, lot wasn't a lot going on Boxing Day. I don't know about you guys, but it was um, lots like of the, couch action. The Australian cricket team had a similar type of exhaustion, yeah. I think, on uh, on Boxing Day and the pre preceding days, postceding days. What's the word I'm after there? I'm making you a bit of sleep, BJ, at the moment. I don't know, but but it was uh, four days of torture for the Australian yeah, cricket team. It was four days of torture, yeah. Yeah, it was a tough old journey, but we got racing Perth Cup Day. I'm I'm quite excited about the Perth Cup Day card, actually. Are we missing something, Pete? What are we missing? Happy birthday, Terry! Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, thanks, thanks, BJ. That's that means a lot. That means a lot. So yeah, no, 24 today. So um, <laughs> yeah, no, pretty enthusiastic about the day. Um, yeah, no, every year it's New Year's Eve as well. So there you go. It was funny, Pete, I was, uh, I was driving in, um, chatting to my father on the way in this morning and um, dad said, you know, it's Terry's birthday today. And uh, I said, I didn't know that at all. And he goes, yeah, it came up on my Facebook. Let him know. <laughs> Happy dad's, birthday. Some of your dad's Facebook work. I know you're listening, Bernie. It's just tremendous stuff. I absolutely <laughs> love it. I rarely go on Facebook, but I might just occasionally go on to see if there's a new, new post from Bernard Senior. No, so. don't, don't follow him. Yeah, don't it's follow good. <laughs> But happy birthday, Terry. We should have actually got a happy Thanks, birthday, guys. Terry Layton handicap at uh, Ascot well, on Saturday. It would have been a popular race, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, it would have been a very popular race. People lining up to throw pies at me or something. <laughs> now, nah, very good, mate. Congratulations. Mm. Enjoy uh, your day and your night. Are you kicking, yeah. kicking on? Ah, look, we'll have a, go have a couple of quiet ones. It'd be rude not to, wouldn't it? So, um, yeah, no, head down to uh, Elizabeth Key, I think, and just um, quay. chuck a quay. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck a couple down the gullets, but uh, what about you, Peter? What are, you, what are your New Year's Eve plans? I'm not even going to ask you, BJ, because yours will be boring no. because you've got 14 kids. Um, what are you doing, Peter? I am co-hosting a degustation at home. Oh. Uh, so we're doing six courses with matched wines. Um, I'm preparing a vegetarian gnocchi and then also doing a couple of T-bones and ribeyes in the uh, hand grenade, as I call it, in the smoker. Gee whiz, talking about answers I didn't expect. <laughs> There's your first one for the day. 
That's why yeah, we get. Okay. That's why we get paid on the show. Yeah, it's just, hey? just left, left of center. Premium content. <laughs> yeah, premium content. Digger station. Yeah, yeah. Right. That sounds uh, very nice. It sounds yeah. exhausting. That's what I'm. Yeah, went out last night and had something. I'm not sure what it was, but anyway, I was just having vivid, lucid dreams the entire night. So I'm operating about three and a half hours sleep. <laughs> I'm not totally convinced that I'm actually still awake or asleep, <laughs> as that case might be. Um, so anyway, if I I'm talking about something that's completely off topic. Yeah. We start doing the Pinjara form instead of the <laughs> yeah, exactly. article form. Is that right? Oh, dear me. But thanks for joining us again, Pete. Mm, we always time. appreciate you uh, here at the 1-1, especially on our Perth Cup Day edition. Oh. This is your third appearance on the show, and Terry and I thought it would be timely to um, get you back on the, the 1-1 prior to you jet-setting back across the Nullarbor to Melbourne. Yeah, exactly right. Looking forward to resuming... 2020 and 2021 <laughs> that's a joke but <laughs> yeah I, I, I reckon I've had as much sleep as you we're going to be a real good combo I reckon, for the next little period is so I apologise in advance lucky we have some good guests coming up though don't we BJ we do we have a star group one winning jockey Chris Parnham he will be joining the show uh, first we had Brad then we had Steve and now Chris has got the group, Chris has got the group one under his belt mm. so it's time for him to make his uh, one one debut and of course uh, Luke Fernie we announced on Twitter yesterday afternoon that uh, the podcast we've had, we have a podcast horse Terry you want to tell yeah. the listeners a little bit about the podcast horse oh, we discussed it a couple of weeks ago that we were in the oh, about a month ago they were on the hunt for a horse we could race with uh, some uh, some like-minded individuals who uh, put up with our uh, our dulcet tones on a weekly basis, and uh, we asked Luke Fernie to have a look at it. Something tried. We wanted to get into something that was going to race sooner rather than later. And um, yeah, Luke's been speaking very glowingly about a horse called Newhat, who went up for sale, was owned by Emirates Park, I yep. think, in the past. So I, I always like the idea of buying a horse from people that have a lot of money um, <laughs> because they're not trying to win. Uh, they're not trying to win their C threes and stuff midweek, which will be tickled pink with. So um, I think we got a pretty good price and i think luke thinks we can win a race pretty shortly so we're um we're looking to sell it i'd love to get it all gone within a week or two and um yeah she might be the races pretty soon but we'll have a chat with luke after race two today so stick with us and, uh, and we'll get luke on the phone for two minutes he's actually got a bit of a squad in on he does well, we can get so. his best we can get his best as well okay so before we get chris parnham on the line fellas it is perth cup week and um maybe it's timely um, just to ask you two, or uh, for a quick magic moment, your most memorable Perth Cup moment. Magic moment. You go first, Peter. You're our guest. I mean, let's get in the spirit of Perth yeah. Cup. Like, if I wanted to do the the hashtag narrative, it's just delicacy getting out to a very backward price late uh, and just launching at it. But it's not really my most memorable. Uh, the first ever Perth Cup I attended was Cats Fun. Winning in the uh, the carnage that ensued, so that was an interesting introduction to a Perth Cup. Uh, still got a little bit of a tickle of what Tentland used to be. There's still a few marquees back in those days, yeah. a while ago mm. now. But uh, that was my, the, that was the last two mile Perth Cup. Yeah. Mm. Well, there we go. So. Mm. Was it? Yep. There you go. That's how old I am. Two thousand and eight. Yeah, right. Mm. That was around your fortieth birthday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> I just brought the today, haven't I? So you would have been 12 in that Perth <laughs> Cup round then, Terry. Uh, yeah. But no, my most memorable was I was in Breckenridge with a couple of really close mates and I backed Neverland at, I think, 50 to 1 all the way down to $21 or so okay. and had it going for enough to basically spend another two months on holiday in the States and it loomed right up with Glenn Smith on board and 
finished in a photo. After about four or five minutes, the bad news came through and I pretty much just walked out straight out into the snow at about 4am, whatever it was, and just sat there for about 10 minutes. Oh my God, I could imagine. I remember that photo. That went for uh, forever and a day. I thought it was going to be called a dead hate. Was it that yeah. tight, that photo? That was Star yeah. Exhibit, wasn't yeah. it? Star yeah. Exhibit Neverland. Yep. Yeah. Jared Noski. Yeah, that was a lengthy old one. Terry? Uh, one of my uh, one of my favorite. I don't have any huge personal Perth Cup moments, but uh, my old man was uh, declaring declaring two thousand and this is your area, but two thousand and thirteen, <laughs> two thousand and fourteen, Western Jewel, probably about a month out. Two thousand twelve. Two thousand twelve. <clears throat> so he's uh, he's jumped in on the futures. I think he's backed at forty ones down to about tens, and um, we're all on on track that day. And he wanted to go watch it by himself on the fence somewhere, and. All the lads are standing up on the stairs, and um, and then obviously Western Jewel with Kira Yule uh, come down the outside, one by about three lengths, and uh, someone goes, "Oh, geez, he's going to be carrying on here." And we see this big old bald man, two arms raised above his head, walking through the crowd with an absolute march on, just letting anybody <laughs> know around that he declared that a month ago. So uh, that's probably mine. It was uh, yeah, very uh, entertaining. I did. I don't think I followed him in for a cent either, to be honest with you. So. The, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. No, though. it doesn't. <laughs> No, no. I've no. seen I've seen Terry celebrate when uh, when, he's de- <laughs> when he's declared one and it's got up. So very uh, inspirational yeah. stuff mm. from uh, on uh, yeah for Western Jewel yeah. futures markets all the way yes, in. Yes, all, all the way in. All the way in. Very well done. So as as Terry's alluded to, my um, Perth Cup history goes a little bit further back than uh, yeah. than that, and um, I suppose my the. Well, I don't know, one of the most magic moments of my racing journey has to be um, 1999, <clears throat> excuse me, 1999 when King of Saxony won the Perth Cup. First up, so get this, so he raced on the 25th of April, 1998, and then he raced first up in the Perth Cup on New Year's Day, 1999. Uh, JJ Miller, Stephen SJ Miller was the jockey, got up and beat Rogan Josh, who later went on to uh, mm. win the f- following years. Oh, that, that year's Melbourne Cup, right? They also went to name a curry after him as well. <laughs> <laughs> so it's hard to go past that as a memorable training and just an all-time Perth Cup moment. And uh, fittingly, well, he had one more start in his career. He was very troubled by injury, King of Saxony. So he didn't race until the following Perth Cup, January 1st, 2000, where he, where he finished unplaced behind, down the track behind Learner Tudor, that was the last we saw of King of Saxony. But his last two starts were in Perth Cups, how's, and uh, it was quite how's phenomenal. How's this, Pete? His old band wins two Perth Cups, doesn't even doesn't even make the memorable <laughs> moments list on the podcast. <laughs> Gee, I think I spoke about that on last year's Perth Yeah, Perth well, I think it can be wheeled out uh, annually, actually. So, And if you, uh, if you go back a little bit further, 1996, incredible stuff. A horse by the name of Crying Game was a very unfashionably bred three-year-old, but he won the Roberts Quality, he won two, He won the Mel Vista, he won the WA Derby when it was run on Boxing Day, then he backed up and he won the Perth Cup, Paul Harvey on board, 49 kilos in 1996, one by three and a half lengths. Incredible stuff for a uh, three-year-old back in those That'd times. be the pontiff's left leg these days, wouldn't it, 49 kilos? <laughs> yeah. He's, he, would, he wouldn't have seen a 40 I actually, think, I actually think pontiff's a natural lightweight, but he's just, he? just, just cruising along, yeah, just putting enough. along these just days. They were my two memorable Perth Cup moments. So, and I'm sure when we speak to our guest Chris Parnham that his most memorable Perth Cup moment was uh, when uh, his father Neville Parnham won the Cup back in 2000 with Luna Tuna, ridden by Jason Brown. But we'll get more from Chris shortly. Let's get him on the line, fellas. What do you think? Let's do it. 
We have Chris Parnham on the line, fellas. Chris, welcome to the 1-1. One -one. Thank you. Thank you. Now, Terry did say that once you happen to win a Group 1 that we uh, we would welcome you onto the 1-1, one -one, Chris. Now, you got your Group 1 aboard truly great and here you are a few weeks later. And uh, obviously, you're riding one of the main fancies in the Perth Cup this Saturday. So, welcome to the show and, uh, yeah, it's been a terrific season for you. Obviously, you're leading the Premiership. You've really um, taken your riding to, to a whole nother level and, uh, yeah, I think everyone's really um, excited for for you and your, your riding career at the moment. We've just been talking about memorable Perth Cup moments and um, and obviously uh, your family has a history of the race having with your father, Neville, having won the race back in the year 2000 with Luna Tudor. What are your, what are your memories growing up of the Perth Cup? Oh, look... Uh yeah, obviously a big race growing up, probably um, probably just just as big as the railway. But um, yeah, Dad won it when I was really young. I I don't really remember the race itself, but um, watching the replay, um, yeah, just always really liked the race. But um, it'd be nice to win it. BJ said at the start, Chris, that I uh, that I said once you won a Group One, you'd come. It wasn't true, actually. We decided it was uh, dual Group One winners only, didn't we? So we've actually afforded you a little bit of a favour here in getting you on the show early. Yeah, I feel blessed actually that I can uh, come on your show and uh, not being a multiple Group One winning rider. So, uh, <laughs> Uh, no, but it's good to be on. Are you a little bit filthy? Uh, we'll touch on your Perth Cup ride shortly, but you're a little bit filthy that uh, you've got truly great up at the big price. You've obviously turned it into the racehorse that it was. Forget Grant, forget Alana, forget William, and um, and you've just been uh, you've been sacked. And uh, Pikey Pikey gets the soft win in the Ted, and and now the ride in the Perth Cup. You've got to be. I know you're not publicly going to say it, but you've got to be quietly a little bit filthy, don't you? Well, uh, it might sound funny, but I'm I'm sort of not because. Um you know, I, I just I feel lucky that I was able to win the group one on him because at the end of the day, William's number one and everyone knows that. And for me to get a group one being number two, um, I feel really lucky to have been able to do that. And, um, you know, now he's the one with all the pressure because I've won the group one on him. Yeah, you might be able to get Nerf Boss past him and have the lad the last laugh on uh, on Saturday perhaps. Yeah, well, that'd be nice. Um, got a bit of a weight advantage on him, so mm. um, definitely, definitely can happen. So, Chris, before we go in depth with the with the Perth Cup, and obviously you've got a um, <clears throat> a major winning opportunity aboard Nerf Bosk for your father. Can we just go back to the Group One win on Truly Great in the Kingston Town Classic? It was obviously, you know, um, the highlight of your career thus far, but. I don't know, for most of us onlookers who, who watch West Australian racing, you always seem pretty unfazed post-race and pretty cool, calm and collected. Um, that win looked like it meant a lot to you and um, the emotions that sort of that sort of spilled over in, in the mounting yard, it was great. It was great viewing. It was great for the sport. But um, can you just run us through what that was like coming back to scale knowing that you just won a group one? Yeah, it was quite surreal. Like, um, obviously, dreamed about it all my life, and um, yeah, it, it. I was just sort of overcome with a bit of emotion, I think, because um, it was just such a, a big moment for me and biggest moment in my career, and to have like all my family there and and to see them just as excited as what I was. Um, it's probably what just got to me a little bit, but um, yeah, I try not to show my emotions too much, but um, yeah. I, 
I couldn't hold. I couldn't really hold it in on that day. It was, um, yeah, it meant a fair bit. Just quickly, you, you tend to take winning and losing in, in your stride. Well, from afar, anyway, just from watching it, watching it on TV and, and yeah, and watching your listening to your post race interviews and and all that sort of stuff. And um, I don't know. It seems as though you, you you're a really really good jockey. You're very gifted. Um, and I wasn't so sure, you know, how much you really loved racing. But listening to the um, to the post race interviews, especially with your friend Scotty Embry, like it like it, it dawned on me that you're a, you're a, you're a lover of racing, and, and it really means a lot to you. Is it? Have you developed that game day persona where you, you try to stay as level as, as you can for, for your riding, rather than getting, I guess, carried away in in the winning and losing? Can you, I don't know, can you let us into a bit of your mindset on what it what it takes to be um, a really top jockey? Yeah, well, yeah obviously, um, I, I love racing. Um, always have. You know, like um, going to race as a young kid, and um, just pretty much an obsession, really. Um, wasn't interested in anything else, but um, but these days, um, you know, like go on the I go to the races now with full books at most metro meetings and with a lot of good rides, good chances. So got to be quite focused. Uh, yeah, it's hard to enjoy the the wins too much because um, you know half an hour later you you've got to go back out there again. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just try and as focused as I can and um and do my best, but um that's pretty much sort of how I how I my mindset going in, into a race meeting. Um, but yeah, it's a little like I do miss uh, like sort of going to the races and enjoying the racing for what it is because um now it's just there's obviously a lot of pressure involved um, of winning, so um, I probably don't get to enjoy that side of it anymore. Um, probably have to wait till I retire. So, do do you love being a jockey, or has it become <laughs> has it become a job that? That's it, a pretty deep question. Isn't no, it? well, it's, 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 it's just he's really it's, throwing it's, the hard ones no, out here, Chris. It's, so. it's an interesting discussion because mm-hmm. it's because when the love of the the sport and the game becomes a, a job, uh, and we're like we're racing five times or six times in a row this week. Mm. Do you know, what I mean, it, it must be a challenge to to keep that real well, um, spirit alive. You know. <clears throat> I, I do love it, like um, it, as well as it is a job. You know, sometimes it can be quite taxing, and um, you know, become a little bit overwhelming sometimes. Um, a lot of pressure involved, um, you know, and things like that. But whenever I'm sort of thinking, you know, I've had enough or whatever, I just sort of think to myself, like, how much I dreamed of this, like the life I'm living now as a kid. You know, like I just. It's all I ever wanted, so I'm pretty much just living my dream and um, my job as well. So, uh, yeah, when you sit sit back and have a have a look at everything, um, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't change anything. Who's your uh, biggest confidant when you do need to have a chat about something or uh, discuss anything, whether it be racing, personal, uh, whatnot? Who's your? Is there someone in the jockey's room? Is it one of your brothers? Is it dad? Who's your uh, Who's your uh, your go to person in that sense? In what way? Mitchy Pateman, <laughs> just in a in, in a if if your racing's getting you down or you're having a, a tough run or who's the person you'd speak to about that maybe sort of let off some steam to it would be would it be someone like a Mitchy Pateman or one of your brothers or uh, or dad or who would be your closest confidant when it comes to discussing racing? Um, I'm quite lucky. Like I've got I'm quite close to a lot of people that are involved 
like two two brothers and dad that I can sort of go to and um uh yeah, so we sort of if I'm having a bit of a rough trot or whatever, I can have a chat see see where things are going wrong or how we can improve things. But um yeah, I, I do analyse a lot of things like personally just on my own as well. Um I sort of I, I um Nowadays, I don't need people to tell me when I've stuffed one up or whatever. Cause I, I'll, I'll still do it for you, though. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, if I've ridden a bad race, it's not like I don't know I've ridden a bad race. Mm. And um, I know what I could have done or should have done. And, um, yeah, cook myself a little bit about that sometimes. But, um, yeah, but yeah, I still do go to Steve and Brad and Dad if, um, for a bit of advice every now and again. Pans, how have you noticed it being your own manager over the last period of time? Are you finding that's a bit more of a relief? Are you finding the responsibilities helping you? It um, it's a, it's another part of it that um just adds a little bit more to um to the job. Like it makes it uh just a bit more effort sort of needs to be put into it. But um, I think you know when I started doing it, I, I think it was the right thing to do for my career. To, it seemed to be getting a little bit stale with, um, with Dale. Not not that he was doing anything wrong, but I just think that I needed a fresh start, and I thought I wasn't doing the right thing myself off the track. You know, I was sort of not preparing in the right way, and, um, which was no fault of Dale's. And I just sort of felt like um, I was second to Willie, at last just because. That was the natural thing for trainers to go. They go really first, me second, and now it's sort of like, well, now I'm I'm against him, and I'm trying to sort of compete with him instead of just being below him. Um, so I think in that way it's been good for me. But um, I do think in time I will get a manager again. I just don't know when when that time will be. Okay, so for this weekend, you've got the Perth Cup coming up, but whether it's the Perth Cup or any race, how do you are you a form judge yourself? Do you go through the entire race card? Are you going through your races in particular and going, right, this is a speed map and scribbling it out on the tab form? Like, are you able to give us an insight into how you prepare for a weekend? Yeah, I do do a little bit of form, but I try not to overdo it. Uh, I like to know, um, you know, horse. If I hadn't ridden the horse before, I like to watch the horse's replay quite a few times to sort of see how the horse races and little tricks that it might have. Um, and I just sort of, I, I don't do a whole lot of form, like speed map wise. I just sort of, um, I obviously have a look at the race book before I go out and um, see where the speed might be and that, but I don't overanalyze it and um, just sort of let things happen a little bit um, and things like that, yeah. So, Chris, how old are you these days? 23. 23. So, um, same age as me. Yeah. My birthday today, Chris. Actually, didn't even say happy birthday. No, no problems, buddy. Don't worry about it. Happy birthday, mate. Oh, thanks, Chris. There we go. So, you're t- how old are you? 
when you're just chatting to Pete before, you have been sort of second fiddle to, to William since you came back from Victoria and you've sort of – and that's been your role. But with Pikey going across to to have a crack over East with the, the Cerise and White this this spring, it's open, open the door for you to, to show – Every, to, I guess for you to showcase your your talents and how you can you can get the job done and how you can you can ride just as well as 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 the wizard. What and you've I see you've ridden sixty metro winners already this season and uh, eighty two across the board, twenty one point five percent strike rate. Do you feel like you you've taken your riding to another level, or is it just a matter of getting the the better rides, the better opportunities? Is is there been anything different? this year riding wise or do you think it's more just um the the the, the kind of horses that you've been getting legged aboard look i definitely think the, um, the quality of horses i've been riding is a lot stronger than um previous seasons but um i think like six my success in the last sort of, um six months or whatever it's uh come down to a few things like everything's sort of got to line up got to be doing the right things and um, getting the right opportunities and, and making them count. Um, but, uh, yeah, I feel like I've worked really hard to sort of get to the position I'm in at the moment. And, um, yeah, I actually, I can't really put my finger on exactly what it is, but I think quite a few things have sort of all fallen into place for me at the right time. Um, there's a bit of a rumour floating around that uh, you're a little bit jealous of um, the fact and you're a little bit uh, miffed that you don't um, have a nickname of your own. Obviously, Pikey's called The Wizard um, and you've been trying to get um, The Sorcerer off the ground uh, for yourself. Is there any, any truth to that one, Chris? Sorcerer? I haven't mm. heard of that one. Yeah. Oh, that's just the rumour going around that you're a little bit filthy. You don't have your own nickname with the way uh, you're going at the moment. So, you're uh, yeah, you're hoping to get The Sorcerer, Parnham The Sorcerer, oh. off the ground. Oh no! No, I, I've got a couple of nicknames. Do um, you? Yeah, oh, Johnny Farnham gets a bit of a run. <laughs> um, and you haven't even retired Pan, yet. Farn sort of um, gets a bit of a run as well. I was the, the, obviously the youngest kid, but I was the one that got named Farn. So Brad and Steve missed out on that name. But uh, so I've got a couple there. But um, the sorcerer. Uh, don't know if that really <laughs> me. Well, I might try and get it off the ground. Well, uh, you've got a fairly big book uh, on Saturday, so I'll get to talk about you a bit over the next uh, 14 hours or however long the podcast goes for. So I'll, uh, I'll see if we can get it off the ground. Yeah, righto. That's right. So we, go. we did get a snapshot into the future of West Australian racing, though, <clears throat> on a couple of occasions recently with the Wizard and the Sorcerer uh, going head and head. And uh, there was a terrific example of that in the two-year-old race um, two weeks oh. ago. I think it was Polizier and uh, what was the horse that Chris was on? Flying, Flying Missile. Flying Missile. And it was just it was so awesome for us WA racing fanatics just to see two champion jockeys going head to head and this is what we've got to look forward to for the rem- for the remainder of the season um so yeah just giving you a snapshot into what gets us excited chris is is just two premium athletes go- going at it head to head and uh yeah we can't wait to see how the rest of the the season unfolds but primarily we need to double back and uh, and talk about how you were going to um, upset the the short price truly great in the Perth Cup and, and guide Nerf Bosk to victory. What are your confidence levels like? Um, yeah, look, I think he, the barrier certainly helps him. And um, 54 kilos, not so much weight. Um, I think he's running the ACA will top him off nicely for the Perth Cup. He's backed off. He's backed up 
from seven days before and, and won. So, look, I, I think if I just get him in a nice rhythm, um, don't really care where I am in the run, just as long as he's happy and travelling well. And, um, yeah, just put him in the race at the right time. If he's good enough, he'll win. But, um, yeah, obviously, truly great, I think, is the hardest horse to beat. Um, he's got to carry the 60, but he's, he's all class, so, and he's a big, strong horse as well. So, and like, he's only, I know it's different conditions, but he only just carrying a kilo more than, than he did in the weight for age. And you see how good he can let down with a big weight. So, uh, yeah, look, he's going to be hard to beat, but, um, I think my horse will, will, um, give him something to catch anyway. I guess the big question for us form analysts is deciding how much, uh, how many kilos we penalise it from Parnham to Pike, because obviously that will uh, uh, truly go to lose a lose a few lengths uh, from the Kingston Town at least, not the the Ted with you uh, with you jumping off. So um, that could be the difference for uh, for Nerf Boss perhaps. I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> just for riling me one of these. I was going to do a great with you once. Oh dear. <laughs> The Wizard's still the number one. Yeah, oh, well, uh, it's 50-50, isn't it? Uh, the rest of your card looks very exciting on Saturday as well. Storm Whisper in the first looks very hard to beat. Like a Jaguar. How's Like a Jaguar turned around from a midweek battler to uh, to winning three on the bounce and um, doing it uh, doing it the hard way last week? I don't I don't think you probably would have had the intention to be racing without cover throughout with Like a Jaguar and um, being that strong at the end. So um, good progression from um, from a few of your, uh, your old man's horses there. Yeah, Dad's doing a really good job at the moment. Um, a lot of his horses are racing well, so like a Jaguar, no exception. He's um, hit a bit of a purple patch. He's, mm. uh, I think he's always had ability, but he's probably struggled to sort of put him away early on. But he's he's um, he's gained a bit of confidence now and um, turned the bounce pretty good. Try and make it four, but um, I just don't know if that barrier might just sort of play against mm. him a little bit, but. Uh, I think he likes to be on the outside of horses, but um, anyway, we'll see how we go. And your other, um, I guess, big ride in, in a big race is Indian Pacific in the Summer Scorch. Have you ridden Indian Pacific in a race before, Chris? Yeah, once, and um, he didn't win, so um, he might be better with Brad that horse. <laughs> <laughs> so, so have you, have you done the form for the Scorcher? What, what, are, what can we expect from Indian Pacific? 35 days since he went around in the Winter Bottom Stakes. Yeah. He's a, he's a good horse, but um, obviously he was a bit disappointing in the winter bottom. Uh, his form before that was pretty good, uh, so if he can bounce back. He he'll be he'll be right there. I think he gets him well on the weight. I think, and um, I worked him Tuesday on his own on the grass, and he he worked pretty nice. So hopefully he can um, he can get back to his best and uh, put a line through the winter bottom. What's your uh, best on the card, Chris? Pushes into one. Um, uh, I don't know, actually. Like, I'd like to say Nerf Boss, but uh, obviously the favourite would be hard to beat. But other than that, I think um, like a Jag was racing well in Indian Pacific. So, um, yeah, I think they'll, those three are probably my three best rides for the day. Well, good luck on Perth Cup Day, Chris, especially with Nerf Bosk in the uh, in the big one. You'll be uh, a victory with joining your father as a, a, a winning trainer, also your brother Brad, who won on Guest Wing back in 2011. So there's a, there's a rich history in uh, the, the Parnham family with the Perth Cup. So from everyone at the 1-1, um, Chris, good luck on Saturday. And um, 
yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully Nerf Boss can can get the job for you, mate. No worries. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. The hat's on the way as well. Beautiful. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Okay, it's time to partner with Betfair and preview Perth Cup Day for 2021. We are recording the 1-1, the West Australian Racing Podcast, at uh, it's about 11.45 a.m. on Thursday, the 31st of December. Mount Barker is racing on New Year's Eve today, Terry Layton's birthday, just quietly. Uh, Pinjarra is uh, in action on New Year's Day tomorrow, Ascot and Esperance on Saturday. And the five straight days of WA Racing comes to a conclusion, thank God, at Bunbury on Sunday. Terry? Just a fest of racing, a fest, a festival. It's something of racing. There's lots of racing anyway, Pete. Don't look at me like that. Make sure everyone stays tuned for uh, throughout the show for info on how you can enter the Mundaring Hotels, WA Racing, Mastermind, and the Market City Meets, Get Out Stakes, competitions. Just a bit of housekeeping as well, Terry. If you'd like to read my pre-markets preview, the written form, the leg up, Jump onto bestbets.com.au and or the Oz Race website. The leg up's been out since 7am this morning. No Wild West with you and Cripper this week. Terry, you're back next week. Words this week though. So there will be some tips on there from uh, from Cripper myself. I think we're in a, in a line, in a, we're agreeing on one race. Uh, there'll be word tips, but um, word no, tips. No, 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 word, words, <laughs> not um, Available really coming to available the floor, on the uh, Betfair Hub. That's available bit. on the Hub, yes. Yeah. Available on the Hub, yes. Betfair.com. Uh, the uh, SEN show will be back happening um, 9 a.m. Uh, at 6.57 a.m. is the radio station, and uh, Luke Fernie joins us this week. So, so SEN track, 6.57 on the a.m. dial. Yes. Terry Layton, Luke Fernie. Miles Fitzner. Miles Fitzner. And uh, there's also a podcast version which comes out afterwards. But I'm uh, really enjoying doing that, actually. it's um, We're growing slowly and enjoying it and going into the little studio at Optus Stadium. It feels semi-professional, actually. So, uh, no, thoroughly, uh, thoroughly enjoying doing that um, with the lads at SEN. And, um, yeah, tune in and... Just get, just get more of a fill up on me. More guru. More guru. You can't. Bulk guru. That's, yeah, you couldn't ask for anything else. Anymore, <laughs> could you? Uh, also, the 1-1, one, one, more importantly, the 1-1 one, one is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and all other major podcasting platforms. Please subscribe, rate, and review. BJ, Let's Peter, get, it's time. Let's get cracking. Mm. It's go time for Perth Cup preview. The rail is back in the true position. It's going to be warm. There's some easterly winds. What? Uh, are blowing. Oh, my God. They're a blowing, aren't they? Wind willy. Miss mid, Mid-October, guys. Last time we've seen an easterly in play. So um, what, what do you reckon, Pete? You lead your win, especially back to the true. Oh, with the right horse. Yeah, I mean, obviously, that's the way we're doing the form early days, isn't it? Yeah. No. It's a. Uh, it's yeah, exciting. It is exciting, actually. I really do feel that. Um, obviously, form is essential, but uh, this is a week where I think speed maps are uh, even more essential. Anyway, I'm going to throw to BJ for the first. See the Crown Perth Plate because he wants to talk about a horse uh, named after me, number four. BJ Hot Ginger. Is that one you're uh, <laughs> interested in getting involved? It was just right in front of me. I actually, I didn't pre-plan that at all. Um, <laughs> there's, a, there's a few in the race. Sneaky chance. Sneaky chance here. Yeah, yeah, Dynamic rule. Yeah, there's, there's a few that could work that way. Ain't no other <laughs> man. Yeah, we, could, we could just keep going, couldn't we? Hot ginger. Uh, you are our juvenile Has specialist. Has anyone ever said that to you before? <laughs> yeah, it's, I said it to myself just then. So, as a first, just gave myself a little 
Birthday present. A uh, thousand meters crown Perth plate. Jeez, we're off to a flyer here, aren't we? BJ, there's only three that have seen uh, the track before. One of them, Sneaky Chance, probably doesn't look like a sneaky chance of its first run. Uh, are there any trialers that we can um, have a look at here to upset the two favourites in Storm Whisper and Pelissier? Yes. So, obviously, Storm Whisper was very impressive, winning by six lengths on debut at Bunbury, led and basically just uh, trampled on mm. uh, the opposition on that occasion. And Polizier box seated with William Pike on board. We just actually spoke about that race with Chris Parnham in the Chris Parnham interview mm-hmm. um, and got up to, to in, the, in the last stride with Pike aggressively pushing out from, uh, from a pocket, extricating and getting up in the last stride. But to answer your question, Terry, for me, the three best trialers were Varanio, which uh, has significant gate speed from the Simon A. Milliard. Dynamic Ruler, who looks like a really nice horse, and that was a good trial win. And Top of the Mountain, which uh, got back and, and worked to the line under its own steam in its trial. The problem with Top of the Mountain and uh, Dynamic Ruler is their barrier draws. Looks like they're going to map mid-back at mid at best, but more likely they're going to be in the back half. I'm happy to put a line through those two, even though I think they're going to win races in time. The best of the first start is is Varanio, and I reckon if uh, if um, John McNeil, Melbourne Cup winning, Melbourne Cup winning jockey John McNeil is in town to ride Princess Jenny in in the Perth Cup, he has been very well utilised throughout the program by mm. local trainers. If he can fire Varanio out from gate three, I reckon he's going to have a crack and try and cross Storm Whisper, who didn't jump. 100% clean the other Even day. Even Charles as Yeah, well. and mm. just but musters quickly. So mm. if Varanio can begin well and maybe cross the fave, it could make things a bit interesting. Put a spice to this first race. Mm. Pete. Yeah, it was the only real angle I could find. Uh, it does look a, a race in terms of the map where those two get all things in their favour. I'm not exactly sure Pike will be able to get Polissiere across to sit uh, outside the lead or anything like that. But... Uh, it just might be a little bit tricky from gate 10. So, yeah, I mean, Varanio is probably the, the one bet I could have. I think Storm Whisper's short enough. Is short enough for sure, yeah. What, what are we looking at at the moment? 220, best available, yeah. Storm Whisper. That's thing. Holds the front, will win the race. But uh, as you guys said, uh, it hasn't jumped all that well. Gets crossed and you don't want to be on at the 220. So, only horse I could consider backing is Storm Whisper, but I'm going to need to see a three, which I'm not going to see. To probably have yeah. something on. I thought Polizier, uh began really well on debut from mm-hmm. gate nine and worked forward. If Pikey can can get this horse to jump as well again and be aggressive earlier, maybe maybe with all the speed on early, maybe work across into a one-one or something like that with the field stretched. Yeah, it's all if and buts. That's why you're taking four forty or whatever mm-hmm. instead of three. What was your price, Polizzi? Did you did you price this race? Uh, two sixty and four eighty. Those okay. two. So I didn't I didn't think any of the first starters showed me enough to can contemplate backing. So two horse race, but um, definitely with Storm Whisper. But uh, the price I don't think will ever get me into a bet. Yeah, Storm Whisper's too thin. Uh, best of the first starters, as I said, is Varanio from the Simon A. Miller Yard. All right, race two uh, over the uh, 1,100 metres. And for those who are interested in the podcast horse, stick with us because after this race, we're going to have a very, very quick chat to Luke Fernie. We'll also get his uh, very quick thoughts on his few runners in the program. Two of the four are in this race with our Danny um, being the favoured of the pair. Um, Our Danny was super 
um, uh, 10 days ago with Carleen Heffel in the saddle. Didn't beat much midweek, but it did it in, um, she did it in really uh, stylish fashion. She was pretty stiff at her prior outing as well um, when beaten by Sweet Strawberry at Bunbury. Just laugh, tactically. Laugh for all a second. In that yeah, race, laugh for all a second. Uh, I think all that form actually stacks up if you, if you go through it uh, a bit more in depth as well. Uh, Sweet Strawberry obviously didn't go too well, but perhaps had excuses last week. Um, but I think our Danny is more than capable of winning this. I Again, this isn't a race I'm too keen. I really like the back end of this card. Uh, it's not a race I'm too keen to get involved in. I think Luke will instruct Clint, the new jockey, CJP, to be aggressive on our Danny land somewhere near the speed. And um, look, with, with normal luck, we'll be going very close. Keep your feet looks the main danger. But from barrier 10 with the easterly on, going to steer steer well clear. Um, our Danny for me, guys, but I'm not really too keen. So with the easterlies are blowing, uh, who leads? Bourbon Bow probably yeah. leads. Uh, Bourbon Bow got away with absolute murder when beating Kiragami. And tell you what, I reckon if we got Spot out there, um, Spot could probably beat home Kiragami. Was that the race that Material Witness was scratching? It was. Would have won by 12. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. You can say that when your horse doesn't run. No, you can just say things that you can't happen. You can't be wrong. No, exactly right. Exactly right. So <laughs> No one can argue with it. It's just a, it's a, this is a really poor horse race. So Bumper Hump has trailed nicely. But, um, yeah, look, four, four or five bucks out, Danny. Yeah, if, you, if you're a desperado, you could probably jump in. Because people will be looking to the leaders early with mm -hmm. the, so. Very much so. See, for me, the leaders are either, either Bourbon Bow or Bumper Humper. If it crashes across at speed, Pete. Yeah, I had the same. But again, it's not a betting race at all, this whatsoever. Uh, the first couple of races on the card are great. You can get self sorted at Ascot, mm. get a few beers, get some lunch. Where we go. And then um, get, a sure. get a posse. Get a posse. It's going to be a key. Find the 1 1 somewhere. Yep. Yeah. Prime Posse. Yeah, you're gonna be, so you're going to be out there, Peter? I haven't been out in quite a few weeks. You haven't? No. You're going to be out there? Oh, we'll go out together. As long as I'm in one piece after New Year's Day. Oh, okay. You're going to degustation yourself into a bit of a... Uh, is hole. that New Year's Eve, though? That's oh, New Year's Eve, yeah. Oh, New Year's up. Day yeah. is your grand final, is it? Oh, just the whole week. Yeah, okay. <laughs> there's, there's not an off button for <laughs> PA. PA on his cell. It does like not that. exist anymore. I like that. Too many old fashions. Yeah, Jason. Good evening to uh, Lockie Taylor. Yeah, he's. <laughs> <laughs> he messaged me the next day. You, after want, to tell, little... you want to tell the listeners about the old fashions? Yeah, we yeah, had a little bit of a get together. Uh, a few of the WA Racing fraternity, and uh, Lockie messaged me the next day and said he was trying to figure out why his head was so sore, and then he Googled the ingredients in an old fashioned, and now he completely understands. So, uh, yeah, I found that um, quite entertaining. Back to this race, BJ, can you provide uh, the listeners with any more uh, certain your enthusiasm about our selection than Peter or myself have? Uh, no, not really. I, I tipped our Danny in the leg up. Keep your feet's going to find it difficult from 10. If it drew low, it was it would have been almost one of the better players of the day. I, I think agree. keep your feet. The, the horse that's come up over my odds is all day session, but I've, I found him a bit hard to peg recently. Mm -hmm. But um, his best form is probably better than the rest of these. But mm -hmm. um, I don't know exactly where he's at at the moment. But mm -hmm. um, he, he was the value for me, number one, all day session. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, no, it's probably a, probably a good race to stay out of. But uh, maybe Luke. Can give uh, can give one of his a good push, and we can um, we can get excited about it again, guys. So, how about we get him on the phone, speak about Newhad very briefly, and um, and get his uh, thoughts on his runners. As mentioned, the one-one has got involved in racehorse ownership, and we've got a podcast horse, Terry Newhard, and we have uh, Newhard's trainer, Luke Fernie, on the line, a regular uh, at the one-one. Luke Fernie, welcome back to the show, mate. Hello, boys. Now. 
We did give Newhart a bit of a push on our Twitter feed Newhart? yesterday. No, Newhart? Let's, let's get this right first of all. New, I, I don't know. No, New, I'm actually Newhart. querying it. Newhart? Newhart? There's no R though. I feel like if there's an R, it would be Newhart. We'll ask the trainer. How, how's he, how are we going to pronounce Pete's this? Pete's probably a pronunciation specialist. What do you think, Pete? I would have thought Newhart, but yeah. I'll just let's see what it means. Okay. <laughs> it'd be Arabic, wouldn't it? Newhart? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, Luke, um, let the listeners... In you, you picked out this horse from the uh, digital online sales and uh, you were the winning bidder. Um, what are your first impressions of the horse and uh, I guess where is it currently at? Uh, well, she's at the stables at the moment and I've just kept her ticking along to yeah, to see if we can keep her and get her going into a race. So, I mean, she's actually not that far off being able to race. So, once everybody's in and we get everything sorted, then we can sort of press forward to, to trying to get it to the races and going there and having some fun. Uh, so with Newhad, we are talking, she is currently a class one. I always like that if you're going to buy a tried horse. I love to get one that's uh, yet to go through the grades. So we can um, we can nick a, uh, nick a class one, go through the grades, class two, class three. There's uh, a lot of scope with that. She's still a three-year-old filly, so um, there's still a minor allowance, BJ. That's probably your... Side of things more so than mine. Yeah, yeah. She, she's she's suited. She's got a suitable rating. I think uh, she's got a good trainer. And um, you realise it's Luke trainer. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think I think she's um, she's shown enough to suggest that she's got a bright future. Kept to the sprinting trips. What what are your initial impressions of her of, of her Luke and um, and what can the, the listeners I suppose um, and those interested in getting involved? What can they look look forward to being a part of uh, Luke Fernie Racing Stables? She's a really nice type. I actually didn't know. I hadn't seen her in person until the day after I'd bought her, and then I was actually quite impressed with the way that she looked. Obviously, it sounds like I'm going to say that she's a nice type, but she, um, yeah, she did really catch my eye. So she looks big and strong, and she's got good condition on her, which is a, bo- a, po- a bonus as well. Um, and yeah, there's not really much more to her. I'm, I'm pretty happy with how she is. I probably wouldn't tell you anyway if I wasn't. I actually had a couple of people come and have a look at her as well. They've got a fair few horses with me and they, they actually like the idea of buying it off me <laughs> after I bought it. So I kept her, kept her quiet for you boys, but I'm pretty happy that, um, that I've got my hands on her now. To be just looking at her last five runs, she obviously. Well, if you go through her whole career, very, very, very briefly, very quickly, well, she won on debut uh, with Pikey in the saddle, cleared out from Spirited Session. Um, second up, uh, ran into Born to Rule in a two-year-old race, drew wide, wasn't disgraced, dollar sixty favourite, so well thought of in the market. Uh, was put out for a spell, came back in the three-year-old classic, the listed race, only beaten three point nine clairvoyance. You may have heard of her. Uh, she then went to Northern um, with Simon Miller's other runner, American Choice, both pretty talented. Talented young fillies. They cleared out from the rest of the field. She ran second. Uh, these seconds now look really good for us because that means we're still eligible for class one. We haven't got the rating points. We can get those rating points. We can earn that prize money ourselves. Uh, she went to the Burgess Queen. It's set an impossible task before she sat deep uh, with Chrissy Parnamon. That was just one of his poor rides he was telling us about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm joking, Chris. Uh, before she went to uh, to Ascot. And it was funnily, funnily enough at her last start at Ascot. It was a leader by a stay. She went forward. 
But this was the one race of the day where the entirety of the race was suited by horses off speed. So her effort to run second that day was full of merit too. Uh, I personally think she's a bargain for the price that we got her for. And um, yeah, I'll definitely be taking a uh, a chunk and joining in the uh, joining in the fun. So it sounds like this this uh, would we end up with Pete Newhad or Newhad? Uh, I think it's Newhad, but it means brave in Arabic. Oh, oh. Right, just like it's uh, just like it's owners, just like it's trainer. <laughs> so trainer, trainer plays. I would have thought. <laughs> so it looks like the uh, yeah. I don't. We don't want to. We don't want to push too strong. But the, this horse isn't going to hang around for too long. So if you're keen to race yeah. a horse with Luke Fernie, uh, young gun trainer, and the fellas from the one one, the one one squad, then. Um, Get in touch with Luke. This, yeah, new hat, new hat is going, not going to hang around for too long. Shares are going to um, go pretty quickly by the sounds of things. So, Luke, how quickly, how can our listeners get in touch with you to secure their slot in new hat? Uh, probably just click me an email at ferniracing at gmail.com and I'll be able to get back to you and, and yeah, get the ball rolling. We might have a look at some – sorry, Luke. We might have a look at some one-on-one no, silks as well. Yeah, well, that's what I was. Um, that's what I was just about to say. It'd mm. be good to see her um, run around in some one-one colours and hopefully finish with a one next to her name after it. <laughs> you reckon if we had to just put one head on there, there we go, BJ's or mine? <laughs> I reckon we go with the hot gingers. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on, now you can't do that to the horse. <laughs> Uh, very quickly, Luke. While we got you on the phone, we got to uh, we got to get on with it. But uh, your runners, very quickly. Uh, our Danny, divine beast. Uh, you're pretty keen on uh, our Danny's chances. Yeah, she's the pick of the four tomorrow, I think. And with any sort of luck, she should be there about. And then we got Nemiroff and Mervin later in the card. Uh, they'll both jump and run and try and take uh, advantage of the easterly. Both are ticking along nicely. Yeah, they'll both run fast, mate, and hopefully they're fast enough at the end. <laughs> hopefully they're not calling Ubers with 50 metres to go, eh? That's, Mer- that's Mervyn's <laughs> strength. He'd have a five-star rating on Uber, Oregon. Yeah, that's my special <laughs> as well when I've had too many beers. <laughs> Uh, all right, I think that uh, that winds us up. Thank you very much, Luke. Again, get in touch with uh, with Luke Fernie at uh, at ferniracing at gmail Get involved with us. Uh, we'll have a lot of fun, hopefully, with this horse. And uh, and thank you to to Luke Fernie for uh, sorting it out for us. Cheers, mate. See you, boys. Race three is the Seapelt, the Drives Handicap, sixteen hundred meters, rating sixty six plus. Pistol Pete Antonitz. What are your uh, What are your thoughts on the Seapelt? Oh, well, it's a interesting race in that I don't think there's going to be a huge amount of speed, but you can also probably make a case that maybe one of three different horses could possibly lead, possibly even four. The Run Dear Fair Run, is that how we pronounce that? Yeah. Sixpence Spent. Get and computer back out again. Yeah, Alimentaria. I think yeah, th- that horse really doesn't have too many other options. I think Donga would probably try and take his time finding the front, especially if there's no real speed up front. Um I was happy to have something small on Kia or a star here. It no. went well second up last prep. It wasn't suited first up where it jumped well, but was restrained back from the wide barrier to sit last on the outside at, in that race at Bunbury. Um, really never got any sort of crack at them whatsoever. Pretty happy to suggest it's going to sit a little bit closer here. Um, so just a very small bet in a race where I don't think there's a... I've got queries over Rationale. Uh, we mentioned it off air just earlier. It's, I think it's a pretty tricky horse to ride. Group one Jai jumping on board. Obviously, he's a very talented jock, but the horse will have a few little tricks early in particular. So if he ends up too far back, it just might be cast there, searching for runs up the inside. And you know, a few of the others, Dark Mission's capable on its day, but I just don't think from gate 10 on Saturday it's going to be suited. Yeah. So happy to have something small in this race, and that's about it. 
I like that. I like when Pete throws one out randomly. I must admit, Kiora stars a horse. I sort of just, um, I sort of just went past. But um, Pete's spot on that. That run at Bunbury, probably slightly better than it looks on paper because that was a massive on pace mm-hmm. day on the thirteenth of December. So, and I think Kira or Kiora Star is a real Kira Yule horse. Kira. Or a star. So, I think um, um, I think Kiora Star has got a good Ascot mile profile too, mm, Pete, hasn't mm. it? Is it three starts for three placings? Yep, like that? Exactly. So, yeah, exactly. Six yep. from eight in total over mm. the over the mile, so it does like running a hole. But um, oh, I'm I'm pretty keen. I'm pretty keen. The price isn't quite as, as high as hoping we'd see something beginning with a three. Um, rationale. Rationale. Pete's bang on though. It, it's a horse that does. Uh, she does have a few little issues, and she can be uh, a little bit quirky. But uh, to me, she looks like she's crying out for the mile. I'm really happy with the step up to the mile. I think she can muster. She doesn't jump super, but she's jumping better. I think she can yeah. muster up just behind him, uh, one or two pairs back. And I just think her runs behind Dig Deep um, did that and won. Um, and she should have won the Jungle Dawn at her prior outing. Uh, I think she's clearly, clearly, clearly the one to beat um, in the race. And yeah, she's one of my better bets on the card. Would love to see something starting with a three, though, BJ. I agree 100% with the guru. Rationale was my best of the day. The price, I, I was smack bang on $3. That would get mm, me yep. get, that would get me involved. I was two forty five <clears throat> for the record, so I've got her pretty thin. So she's right. still a bet for me at the current price, but at the $270, I'm gonna i am going to show some patience. I'm going to wait for Betfair. If that means I have to take 260 on the day, so be it. But mm-hmm. I think there's a chance I might get some 340 Betfair. So, but good. just a chance. Very good. Yeah, I think with Jumping Jai on board, Galloping room, any any luck in running, I think Rationale just I can she can smoke these. Yeah, I've got it actually about three dollars as well. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, I'm not uh, penny, it's just that it's too short at the moment. <laughs> Um, the one that's also come up slightly above my price is Bella's Idol. Um, Bella's Idol. Uh, some horses just get along super with Lactar and Moly, and I think Bella's Idol might be one of those. Smacked Juicing Carrots, and hasn't Juicing Carrots made that form yeah. look good since? Bella's Idol's last three, just seriously put a line through it. Worked like... Worked like um, Worked like I haven't done in about ten years uh, on the fifth of December to get to the top for Mitchie Payton. I think it's. I think it worked like you're going to when you head out to the Taylor Racing Stables in a few weeks. Yeah, uh, yeah. I thought we'd forgotten about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> then sat deep when uh, fives to two sixty with Carlene on board and Aussie Gallardi lost the saddle last start, so I forget it went around. So uh, the way the track will play, look for Bella's Idol to grab the back of the lead, I think, and um, and run a race at eleven to one. So main bet rationale, we're not going to lose Bella's Idol for me. Guys, yeah, rationale. I reckon uh, any luck should be winning. Mm-hmm. Race four, ascend sales trophies handicap thousand meters. Reckon this will be um, there will be many varied opinion in this race. Like a Jaguar building an imposing little record now off the back of three victories. Uh, very interesting to hear what Chris Parnham said earlier, and that's from someone that clearly knows the horse very well. That the inside gate may actually be a little bit of a detriment. Um, I'm I'm not really super keen on anything here. A couple of little specs I want to play, but I'll throw to you guys first. Um, Pistol, anything that. Uh, has caught your uh, wandering eye? Uh, wandering? <laughs> well, yeah. uh, look, I thought Giant Leap was well and truly short enough here, and so was Condor Hero, so I was pretty happy to try and find something to back as a result. But the same. Uh, big shout-out to Gareth Hall as well, who did call like a Jad- Jaguar like a Datsun and it's gone on to win three in a row. So, uh, <laughs> G-Man, you've, you've nailed that one. Um, good. I thought Speeding Comet... Was pretty good last start. It was a very high tempo race. Now it's on the quick backup, getting double figures. I think the map's okay here as well. I think it will just basically follow Condor Heroes across and just breeze. Um, 
I thought that was worth a, a look at the double figures. And I thought Amelia Bedelia, the price isn't quite there for me, but it's a little bit of a red flag for that horse in that it was scratched from Pinjarra for this. It wasn't suited last start, obviously, when it was pretty good, three wide, no cover on speed at Pinjarra. Are you surprised so. by that price? I was I was thinking double figures for sure. Oh, Which one? Yeah. Amelia Bedelia. Well, what have you? I, what have you got in your market? I've got Condor Heroes ten bucks. Yeah, so, so where have you got your market? Ta- Condor's taken up. Too Everyone much got more. Giant Leap favourite. I mean, do people have Giant Leap favourite? I know one. One Smarty's got Giant Leap at fifteen bucks. Can't win the race. I think that's a probably a little bit incorrect, but um, I think just has to be on map, on easterly, on. Yeah. And it was there isn't, there isn't three, much depth. Here. Amelia Bedelia was three wide, no cover, and kept coming oh, unsuitable twelve hundred the other day. Yeah. 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 So. I thought Terry might have found Speeding Comet or maybe I'm something like a, Stable a, Secret uh, or something like no, that. That's Speeding Comets for me. Yeah. Yes, I'm, I'm with Peter there. I was quite excited to hear Pistol mm. come up with the uh, the Comet. Another thing, I uh, deep diving last night, because I don't mind a deep dive on a Wednesday night. Um, that sounds a bit odd. I uh, uh, Speeding Comet's best run, last two preps have been third up, and Speeding Comet loves a wide draw. Even if um, So I think Speeding Comet will probably try and come across with... Um, Condor Heroes, maybe Breeze, might even get stuck 3D, but it's a horse that does its best work, 3D, mm. doing, the, uh, doing the hard yakka. So uh, I'm expecting uh, I'm expecting a peak performance on the seven days, third up from Speeding Comet. Has some trust issues in regard to how much of a uh, winner, um, how much of a winner um, he is. I was just looking at the gender then. That's why I paused for a bit. Did I do that well? I'm just giving myself away now. Bye. Um, Bye. But so I, I want to I want to take that one. The one thing I'm going to say is Condor Heroes has been scratched and ruled out a few times. Um, I've already had something small on because it's well above my price, but you have to have something on cram then if Condor Heroes comes out because with the easterly, if they roll mm. out in front, 51 kilos, goes down a kilo, BJ, mm. and goes from a 78 plus to a 66 plus with the placement from last start. So I don't know if Cram was going as well as when um, he won his race here. Um, um, about a year ago or half a year ago, yeah. six months ago, uh, about a year ago, I'd say. But with the 51 kilos, big easterly, um, and the fact that Condor Heroes could miss it too. So that's the two ways I'm going to go, but um, definitely Speeding Comet's my lean. Marked Speeding Comet, seven bucks. How can I have a bet at 13? So we, we mentioned Giant Leap before, obviously a horse with a lot of talent. Very interesting, odd placement. First up, 1,000, gate 11, just looks to have a lot against him. And has gate speed. Yeah, he does have gate mm. speed, but is he? How's he going to be able to utilize that in this particular no. race? Trial um, was interestingly trial was a fair way ago as well. Started yes. December, so it's he's either had a little issue and they just want to ease him back into it over a thousand. He, he could be a big drifter yeah. on the exchange. Yeah. Um, but geez, you've just got to take on the as Peter said, you've just got to take on the horses at the top end of this market, don't you? We've yeah. got to um, we've got to try and find some value. So Chris Parnham said that gate one might not suit like a Jaguar. You're going to disagree with him? I th- are you a jockey, PJ? I, no, I'm not a jockey. I will say though that the way that um, if Condo Heroes begins and it's a just a like a you know just absolute you know, speed show, um, I reckon like, like a, like a jaguar. Yeah, there's a bomb on a bus. Um, <laughs> I reckon that like a jaguar is going to get galloping room anyway. Yeah, yeah. So the, the field's going to string right. out, and from gate one he began so well. That win the other day, last Saturday. I don't want to talk really about good. the win last Saturday, BJ. Why is that? I just don't want to talk about it. Is it too soon? It's too soon. Still. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, that was a little bit of a temper, wasn't it? <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> Complete, completely apt, given the horse that lost. Yes, yes, yes. There's been a couple of mood swings. Well, there hasn't been any mood swings. It's been one constant <laughs> mood the entire week, in all fairness. Um, um, sorry, BJ. 
So yeah, I, I was like you guys, I was looking to oppose the like a Jaguar. However, I don't know, I just was really taken with that win last Sunday. Sorry, Terry, I reckon gate one's actually gonna be all right. The way that this race shape is gonna evolve, I can see him doing it again. So like a Jaguar on top and um, yeah, that's the way I'll be leaning. Very good. I reckon, he'll, I reckon he'll get out a bit too. So yeah, yep. yeah. It's a funny market-wise. This will be such an interesting betting race yep. late. So like, I, I personally think he was speeding comet Pete. I don't know what your thought process is. Do we do we look at some thirteens now, or do we actually wait for Betfair on the day? Because speeding comet usually, I think that'll get out. That'll get out. But what comes in? We're talking yep. about Ocondo will get out. Giant Leap will get out. Like a Jaguar will get out. Amelia Bedelia is that too short? Something has to come in. Yeah. If they're yeah. all going to go out, something has to come in. So is Speeding Comet the, the runner that's going to... I reckon Hoboken yeah. might shorten a touch. Nah. No? Nah, I reckon from the gate, from 10 with yeah, the right, yeah. I can't see. I don't know. It's very, very, very interesting market-wise. There'll be a push for something, whether it's Condor, Giant Leap, like a Jagger. It's likely one of the three, but um, yeah. What price are you Speeding Comet, Pete? Before Eight, you $8. There you go. So I'm seven. So usually when that's the case and a couple of us agree on a price, they start closer to it. So uh, yep. What is it at the moment? Go. 13. Yeah. Yeah, wobbled out from the ten it was earlier. So the thirteen might be enough to have maybe half and half. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was twelve dollars spending comments. So you mm. guys have got him uh, shorter than I do. So all good. Race four done, and it's time for our Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Mastermind Competition. That's that was fluent, wasn't it? Very. That's right, Guru. The Mundaring. <laughs> has been the heart of the hills since 1899. Located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring, if you get a chance, drop in and see Butchie's brand new big deck in Butchie O'Connell, the publican, say day up at the Mundaring. Feed, flutter, froffies, it's all happening. Let him know you're a 1-1 listener. Congratulations to last week's WA Racing Mastermind winner, Conrad Gomez, a $100- Conrad with a Q? Conrad with a Q, yes. Oh, I like it. A $100 gift voucher to the Mundaring is in the mail. I have to have a shout out to Conrad. He is um, he is the man behind Perth Racing Rewind, which is a Facebook page which has all old Perth Racing replays, photos, race books. It, it is incredible stuff. Mm. And he's been replaying per- old Perth Cups all week. I've uh, been reliving my whole childhood through <laughs> Perth Racing Rewind. It has been incredible. I have to salute you, Conrad. Your your um, library of WA Racing history is just fantastic, and I've enjoyed all the stuff that you've been putting up on Facebook, as had have a lot of your followers. So uh, continue the good work, Conrad, good and congratulations uh, on your mastermind victory, and enjoy yourself up at the Mundaring. So to be crowned this week's mon- mastermind, You'll have to answer the following four Perth Cup themed questions correctly. It's one of the answers, guest wing. <laughs> it, oh, is oh. it is not. It is not. That would have been awkward. All right. Question one Who did Lulu Tiani train to win the first 2400 meter Perth Cup in 2009? He was a good horse, too. Also ran the Melbourne Cup. He did. He was a good horse, wasn't he? Ran 10th in the Melbourne Cup, I think. And they got the prize money because top 10 get the 100,000. Yeah, yeah. It's a massive thing to run 10th, isn't it? Yeah, huge. Question two. Now, most people will know that Kiri Ewell was the first female jockey to win a Perth Cup, yeah? Mm-hmm. Tell me, who was the second? Question number three. Lindsay Smith and a very young William Pike teamed up to win a 3,200-meter Perth Cup in 2005. Name the horse. Oh. Before you? Yeah, just, just, I think. 
Jeez, Parky must have been young then. Um, question four. Who trained, you'll know this one, Terry, for sure. Who trained the Jared Noski ridden talent show to win the 2013 oh. Perth Cup? Where, where's your answers? Three. Three out of four. Yeah. Three out of four for the guru. Derek Very well been. done. Huh? How would you have gone? Two. Two? Oh, that's good honesty, though. You could have just said four. That was cheating. Yeah. <laughs> I got, I got duck, deducted a mark and you're starting to write something down. I was trying to get number three off you, so I lost a mark there. Yeah. That is the Mundaring Hotel Debo Race Racing Mastermind for episode 58. If you need those questions, they'll be on our Twitter feed at the11pod. Terry. Yes, BJ, we head into race five, the Amelia Park Handicap. Um, this will be another race with many varied opinions. There could be horses that absolutely change their market position here. Uh, wildly, I'm, I'm again not overly um, bullish on anything. Uh, have you guys, either of you, Peter, any any enthusiasm in this event? Yeah, I'm sort of, I don't know if I've just been eating too many insanity peppers over the last week or so, but pearls and prawns for me, delicious, but also I think it might be ready first up. We've seen Brock Luthwaite do this a few times of late with horses first up, no trial. <laughs> And obviously, Pearls and Prawns coming off a huge break last prep, took a few runs to get going. But historically, the horse does go pretty well in terms of its figures first up. Gate four, Clint Johnson Porter on board. That just ticks a few boxes for me. Seems to get into a pretty nice spot map-wise. And it does have figures over to 1,200 at Ascot previously. So I'm happy to speculate there. The other horse that's first up, no trials, Power of St. George. And I've just got no idea what to do with that horse. The big my, fella. Yeah, my market's all over the shop as a result because it's such a strong horse. It's some of its figures from last prep were outstanding. Yeah, like him. Like and him. it's really for me just to market watch with it. Um, I'll be in the yard the anyway. Is, can he settle close enough? Does he, with the easterly in play, you want to be on speed. Is he the type of horse that needs to muscle and wind up into his races and won't get that opportunity here? That was my sort of concern. But, geez, he, he was an impossible horse to price. What, yeah. one, of, one of three runners for the uh, David Harrison yard. Mm, three of the, yep. the 11. And I guess Harrow. that thing, there's like a lot of speed in this race as well. Nemiroff, Weapon Sun, Maginica's probably going to roll forward. Yep. So do you want to be on one of those really strong horses that maybe isn't necessarily going to be suited 1,200 metres um, typically, but if they go hard enough up front, they might bring a horse like that into it. So, yeah, it's a really tricky race. So for me, I'm just going to speculate with pearls and prawns at the double figures. BJ? I marked Tycoon Storm 380 favourite. Currently 460 is the best available. Um, and I – one thing I wanted to – to touch on is I feel as though the, the WA arm of the Lindsay Smith stable has been a little bit stagnant over the last month or so. Horses haven't really been, um, uh, you know, other than Trap for Fools, I think he's, I reckon it's been a little bit light on, in, especially in town for, for Lindsay Smith. Uh, winning double at Bunbury yesterday, Tycoon Storm back from a freshen, 28 days, I think, between runs. Mm. Um, ran really well in both uh, feature mares races the last two sorts maybe a little bit disappointing last oh, start that's an understatement I think dollar ten on the bend it was over yeah didn't let down you'd think it's a horse was going to get better the further it went as well for yeah a while, but that was a funny race though wasn't it it was nah. a slow race nah. it was anyway I'm, I'm going to I'm unforgiving oh uh, yeah well fair enough I think from one Tycoon Storm especially if they they bang across and the Three tempo's it's going to be in the right spot, Tycoon Storm. Has carried weight before in the past. Um, bit of trust with this horse. I think if Lindsay Smith and the, the WA operation have this mare on top of her game, I think she'll be really hard to beat. Tycoon Storm's going to have the, be in the right spot. Um, smart mare on her day, and uh, she's a little bit of value at her current quote. Tycoon Storm for me. 
yeah, I'm not really going to get involved here too heavily. Um, there's a race where just so many, so many different things can happen. I like where our state attorney's placed and it's jumping well back to 1,200. Love the claim of Lacta. But um, look, on a, with a big easterly, let's just back the leader. Let's keep it simple for a horse that can on its day turn up and run a race. Let's just have something small win only Nemiroff, 20-odd to one. That's me. Very tiny bet. Um, when, yeah, when, the fields when, came, doubt, when the fields came out, though, it was like, oh, I wonder how we can make a case for cryptic love. But it's just it – just, Exactly right. It's just mm. – Oh, Shit. it's a horse. If you showed me this race yeah. and said I wasn't going to be on, I'd laugh at you. And yeah. I'm not even mentioning it at 18 to 1 best price at the moment. Yeah. So it's just a horse that's going to get back in the ruck and probably give us another eye catch to be on next start. Yeah. So, um, yeah, with the easterly in play, it's just I'm really, really, really strongly allowing for the advantage those horses out in front will have. If Nemiroff can cross um, the few that Pete mentioned that are going to go forward, uh, I think it can give a bit of cheek, but uh, it's a very small bet for me. No one's mentioned Platinum Bullet. No, Platinum Bullet's deserved favourites. Uh, I think Platinum Bullet goes better first and second up. But um, yeah, four bucks, about the right price. I marked Platinum Bullet 380. So definitely will be well supported. But it's just, as Pete's, it's just a race. So many of them. I, I can see Pearls and Prawns. I can see Paris and George running a race. Weapon Sun, nicely in with the claim if they can yeah. find the back of Nemiroff or even lead potentially. Um, yeah, Tycoon Storm and, and State Attorney, as we've mentioned, are going to run races. It's just, uh, yeah, I'm happy being on the horse out in front with the Easterly at a price. That's it. Okay, first leg of the late quaddy, race six, Mrs. Max, Latrice Classic, mm. the final leg of the four-race Phillies and Mares feature series. Group three, 1,800 metres. Now we get serious. Now we, now we get serious. This is a betting race. This Mrs. Max. Do you, do you enjoy, enjoy Mrs. Max? Well, you know if I buy any other pie, do you know what I actually do? I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Peter, did you think Chantria, despite the ordinary Pete's absolutely giving me nothing there, just stone faced me. Uh, did you think despite Pete, Pete, Pete does six course degustations, he's not eating Mrs. Mac's pies, man. I'll a give bit you the two. A bit of barbecue sauce on top, you can't get it. I can wrong. recommend the ones from the Bunbury Farmers Market, though. Those pies, outstanding. Okay, all right. Certain so, type so, of mince inside, so, a bit of a lamb. So, what are we talking like? We're price sensitive here, yeah. we're all about. We're all about value here at the one one. What are we talking at the Bunbury Farmers Market? For me, it feels like that's going to be a big, big, big odds. I'm not actually sure what it costs. I basically yeah. just rolled it through, pushed it over the <laughs> over the till, and the, like the cards actually now embedded in my arm, so I don't even have to look at it. It's just like scanned through, got it home, just like stick in the oven. It's just like a family sized one. Outstanding, magnificent. Yeah, Shantria, guys. Um, <laughs> Shantria. Now, disappointing um, or forgive last start. Forgive uh, forgive or forget from last start. I don't know how you can forgive. It looked completely and utterly dead. Certainly did. And you'll say, oh, it was a slowly run race. That wasn't suited. But what's this going to be? It's slowly run race. Yeah. Inside draw again. Um, And like defence was a good spot to be last start as well. It was basically, I was pretty keen on his chances. And the market's sort of just towards the end started drifting out. I thought, oh, hang on. Uh, what's I what's going on here? I, I, and yeah, I, I went I, again. I joined you. And yeah, for had the perfect run in transit and gave absolutely zero. Gave now. Did yep. it give zero? Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely so. zilch. And there, there is no reason this race should be run any differently. Like you're looking at the exact same race just 200 metres further. If mm-hmm. you run that race 200 metres further, it probably only gets beaten further. So, And I suspect you reckon, might be- I, I reckon, uh, look, I was, I was disappointed. But I think that... Uh, Lonsdale Lady didn't really do Chantre uh, any favours. Laid on, laid on her mate life a bit difficult for her in the straight. Inexperienced mare, first time she, I think she's had to sort of be bustled and have to fight her way th- through into into space. Um, 
Yeah, I, yeah. Like she's been beating one point one lengths on the line. They walk, so it's always going to be a compact finish, though. I agree. Uh, so for, I've got to touch. I'll, I must say, I'm a little bit more forgiving than you two. That's all I'll say. So I'm not tipping. I'm not tipping her though. So is I, there any I've, way? I've found one. In this. Possibly watching this race, you could have Chantria over Naughty by Nature. Is there any possible way? Naughty by Nature should have won the previous. Uh, what was the fourteen hundred meter race, BJ? Oh. Should have won both the 14 the and gone. it was the run of the race in the 16. Um, I'm just going to call them by distance. The Starstruck. It was the run of the race in the Starstruck. I think for Barrier 3, Clint Johnston Porter can land um, can land right uh, right over the speed, somewhere near the Juan Juan. Juan Juan. Um, and from there, I think Naughty by Nature has to be extremely hard to beat. But I've also marked um, a clear uh, equal second favourite. So I've got dance music on top at about 380. Mm. Got to respect the map again. It's going to find the top. Query on the 1800. I'm just going to take it on dance music here. I'm just outwardly going to take it on. Lightning um, strike twice. Yeah, exactly. Was it, but it was, such a, it was such a comfortable win and there's no weight penalty either. I know. So it's, it's a bit silly with the no weight penalty in my mind. But the 1800... Um, maybe we'll see some more aggression from Special Choice here and maybe Morning Song from Nine, a little bit more pressure. But it's more so for me that Naughty by Nature will be right on the hammer of dance music. And the other one I've got to have something on, and I basically said uh, this was a big horse to follow for me, and I think she can measure up in this grade big time, is um, Aberdeen Queen. I don't think these fillies and mares races are very good. These aren't listed races. Like She's a lot. They're, they're walking, and they're just all finishing in groups. Special choice around second or third in one of them. It's not... This isn't just don't just forget this is black tie. Forget this is group three, BJ. Yep. Group three. Forget this is a group three. That's just that's looking at the racing correctly. So I think Aberdeen Queen, despite the fact she's only a 71 raider, she's gonna be up to a 90 raider within five, six, seven, eight starts type thing. So look at her peak. Um, I think she can be more aggressive from the gate. Three back the fence. With some luck, I'll be very surprised if one of those two don't win. Currently seven and eleven bucks, so we can dutch them at about four bucks. I'm uh, tickled pink with that. I've marked them both around the 450 mark. So if I can get either of them winning for four bucks, you beauty. You beauty. How scary is this? I found the same. The same, same Dutch. Same, oh, same Dutch. In fact, I'm, I'm throwing in Morning Song as well because that was another horse that clearly wasn't suited last start. Just seemed to lose its position over and over again. And I'm almost banking on the fact that I'll get probably 50s by the time they jump on the fact I'll that they- I'll put up hundreds. If Morning Song wins, I'll give up the punt. That's the that's the headline. For a day. Mate. That's for the a day. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for a day. Conditions apply. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, uh, for me, it's, it's heavily in favour of Aberdeen Queen's got that different form. This yeah. coming from a completely different form line. And again, I think from gate one, and I suspect Sean Trey, they'll just be a little bit more conservative yeah. with it. They bustled it out there last start. Maybe they'll think, you know, oh, okay, the horse didn't finish off. We'll just settle it further back, which means that Aberdeen Queen takes its spot. Uh, from gate one. Leaders, so, leaders back. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like yeah. And you just look at the other horses close to it in the market. Special choice is shorter than Aberdeen Queen. Like that's that's yeah. just not that's just not right. I mean, she's a light. It's, yeah, she's a light. It's battling hard, really honest. I, loves yeah, to win, loves to compete. Special choice has been racing well. Yeah, it's racing okay. But Aberdeen Queen, there's upside. There's so that you're talking the levitate form, the Indian Pacific form, the Captain Kink form. Aberdeen Queen, I think there's the upside. And as Pete said, it's a real point of difference runner. These just keep on doing battle. These, this lot just keep doing battle against each other and walking in races. I, I, I really think the point of difference runner should be half the price. Um, she currently is. So um, it's taken me a while to get enthused about a race. So I'm just just letting it just all out. Warmed up. Yeah. Anyway, we're. Where are you, Lenny? You said you found one to beat uh, Shan Treyer. Oh, well, you you've you just trampled, oh, trampled all over all over uh, my spiel. Naughty by nature is just about my best of the day, I reckon. Oh, um, yeah. 
the microphone's just dropped. Have you heard? Um, sorry. <laughs> Have you ever heard uh, the the music by Naughty by Nature? Holiday. We came here to party. Yeah. Heard that song? <laughs> Throw your hands up, everybody. Let's celebrate party going on. on. <laughs> Have you heard that one? Oh, yeah. Once again, it's on. It's been a while since you heard this style. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you cut that out, Jen? Um, <laughs> you know that song, surely. Surely, no, that's a cracker. There's a party going on. <laughs> that's really yeah. good, actually. You can sing. I'll consult um, the uh, replay. Yeah, we might. Uh, that, that'll be playing um, at about uh, yes. 3.35 on, uh, on Saturday. Any, anyway, there be, DJ. Will there be any mum champagne this time? Oh, I reckon there, naughty might be, by there might be a little bit of the mum stuff. But anyway, tell me more about why Naughty by Nature is going to win. Oh, it just hasn't been... just. As as you said, just wasn't suited by that tempo the other day. Rocketed to the line to run third when probably didn't deserve to do so considering the 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 speed and the shape of the race. From three rising to eighteen hundred meters was placed third behind Lonsdale Lady, I think, in the second or third in the Thousand Guineas. Ascot Thousand Camber Guineas. Second. Camber second, yep. Uh, and then I was on that day. and then went on to run second in an Oaks. So Naughty by Nature's got class. Um I reckon she's looking for this trip now. Deep into her prep, but tough mare. I think from three, CJP is going to have a, uh, a pair closer than what she's been landing, and I reckon this is her race. I think, I think she's going to crunch them later. It's funny you say deep in the prep. She's racing better every yeah. start, mm. so sometimes it's just taken a while to peak. Jason Miller's timing, he's run correctly for this uh, Phillies and Mare series. She's probably, as we said before, probably stiff that she hasn't um, taken out at least one for yeah. the preceding three. So, um, yeah, no, we came here to party. Let's get our money in, everybody. Let's celebrate. Hope someone like, knows that song. It's I a like cracker. It. Could, before we leave this race, mm. you mentioned about the. Can we patch that in? Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, uh, I'll get Jen. We'll get Jen onto that. Perfect. Um, this set weighs some penalties mm. and stuff, right? Yeah, what? Why is there a penalty? So dance music has what she won ten races, five hundred fifty. So what's she actually won though? She for feature wise, she's won a Northern Cup. Northern Cup. And a, now she's won a starstruck. Are they her two feature race wins? Are the others all just been like ratings races and open handicaps and stuff? Anyway, my point is that Sean Trayer has got, is, is only a kilo away from dance music having won a Belmont Oaks and a Belmont Classic. That's three-year-old races. Exactly. Though. That's what I'm saying. Like she's... It, oh, okay. Yeah. And But it, it's way too close to, to, yeah. to what dance music has done throughout mm. its career anyway i'm not a huge fan of these set weights and penalties races no. i think they need a bit of a bit of a rejig or a rethink and uh, More I, think, I think i think we can be we can do a bit better than that but um and uh anyway that's uh that's my rant but i um yeah i just can't can't wrap my head around why there's why dance music didn't get even like half a kilo for winning the other day and at least give the other horses some sort of recognition for finishing behind her but mm -hmm. uh, that's that's the way it's laid out at the moment. So maybe a bit of tweaking in the uh, in the new year. Race seven, the Furphy. Now this is a handicap. Furphy Summer Scorcher listed thousand meter race. Top weight of sixty two. Bottom weight fifty four. Eight kilo spread. This is what we like to see, Pistol Pete. Yeah, indeed. Uh, this is all down to map, though, isn't it? Oh, leader leaders back. Yep. Don't even look at any other horse. Exactly. Oh, two horse race. Bang. What are the two? Merv. Merv, Swerven, Con Concur. So it's all about prices. I 100% yep. agree with you. Mervyn finds a top. Indian Pacific probably tails. And Indian Pacific's a better horse, but meets at two and a half. Mervyn meets Indian Pacific 2.5 kilos better for a 0.2 length loss in a near identical setup. Mervyn flies fresh. Tell me your prices, Peter. $5.50 for Merv. Ooh. That's, that's been quite, uh, quite 
conservatively priced. Yep. I'll get uh, tighter as we get to jump time and uh, $2.40 in Indian Pacific. Yeah, okay. I've, I've probably gone the opposite way. I mean, a little bit too heavy. Mervyn, but uh, I'm three bucks a three bucks mm. a piece uh, for the two of them. So at $7.50, it's just a, it's a very simple investment for me, but I'm also aware that it's Mervyn. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, a 90 plus, as BJ said, this is a handicap. You've got a 90 rater and a 90 plus, two and a half kilo swing for nothing in it. I know Indian Pacific's the one with the upside, but let's look for a horses for courses type setup. And um, if they're both in the same nick they were on that particular day and they meet here, it's uh, Mervyn wins with the, with the weight swing. So, look, I, I, I'm i expecting Indian Pacific will we'll probably find a way potentially, but um, what do you geez, think of, even what if it's each way punters, you get back this each way. What do you think of the winkers off? Union Pacific. Good decision. Okay. Because they only put them on for the winter bottom and it failed. Every other start was without the winkers and it went super. So um, I can understand that. But I would like to see later in Union Pacific's career, they look at winkers or blinkers again to sharpen him up. I don't think the winkers were the reason uh, he failed in the winter bottom. I was 550 Mervyn, 250 Union Pacific. So I'm short with me three bucks. I knew it too. I knew it. You just wanted to make a good thing. I did just want to make a good thing. 100%. Yeah. Uh, yeah, agree with the sentiments of the Guru and Pistol. Two-horse race. Um, if Mervyn, he's going to need to bring his A game though. A plus. Yep. Because yep. Indian Pacific's a for very- a For a thousand metres. Very, very good. Very, very good thousand metre horse, especially at Ascot. Goes um, interesting to Brad to Chris, what that what that, what that translates to on the day. Brad obviously has a, has a very, Brad Parnham obviously has a very strong affinity having done the majority of the riding aboard in the Pacific. However, um, Chris is more than uh, apt uh, deputy. So it's got, these two are going to go head and head down the straight. Yeah, I thought that might have been less relevant just purely because I can't see Indian Pacific leading this. So I think Brad is a very capable leader of horses. Yep. Whereas Chris, I'd usually prefer him to take a seat and he's not Stork. really going to do Yeah, exactly. Mm. So he's going to be in prime stalking position here. So, um, Yeah, it, uh, there's a few horses here that are coming back that are, I don't know, I didn't really... I didn't, didn't matter. I didn't, yeah. just quickly, I didn't really like the trial of Misty Meadow. That's I thought awful. her two trials have been only just. Battle Heroes coming back from a long layoff. He's um, he's up against it with 59 and a half against some of these uh, lighter weighted runners. The horse that I wanted to... Quickly mentioned though, it was good to see Samazdat. I thought he stretched out really nicely in his lead up trial on December 21. He looked, Ganjimi Racing obviously look, have this fellow in good order. This isn't his race on Saturday, but look for him doing his best work late. Mm -hmm. I like it. It's a good, uh, it's a very similar setup to the Zeeble Son of a God race seven days ago where a leader mm. leader's back and they should dominate it, especially the East Leader should just exemplify um, what we're saying there. So while I do think any Pacific hard to beat, Mervyn is your value. You can even back it each way. I'm not going to because I'm too much of a um, stubborn mule to do such a thing. <laughs> anyway, the race, the feature race on the card, the Tab Touch Perth Cup. Number one, we told you it would get there, didn't we? A month ago, six weeks ago. Uh, hope, you not, hope you held on to your tickets. It's not the way I uh, envisaged truly great getting there, but I uh, declared it uh, about six weeks ago. So take the five bucks. and um, What a journey. That, it has been a journey. Yeah. Um, I didn't expect him to be in the race with 60 kegs, to be honest with you. I thought we'd uh, <laughs> be carrying 53, 54. I thought we might win a, a Ted Van Heemst on the way through, pick up a few points. Um, but I didn't think we'd be winning. Um, I didn't count for Chris Parnham's class in the Kingston town. Um, but we carry the 60. We've drawn a little bit off. And um, gee whiz, it's it's going to be a proper horse race with the way the barrier draws um, opened up. What are your guys' thoughts? I'm, I'm completely – and you hear me bark on about it, and BJ probably gets sick of it when I just say value, 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 value. So I just don't care about value so much here, you know. I just, I just want to be on. I just, well, I already am. Wash, wash your mouth out with so 
so I good. just I just want to be on. I, I simply just want to be on. But uh, what what are we what are we thinking? Truly great, are we? You've been very passionate about this for weeks now. Even, even last week's episode, I don't know if you listened, Pete, but I was trying to make a case for Trap Before being too closely weighted for to Truly Great. Terry got up in arms. <laughs> <laughs> he got up in arms about it. Um, but yeah, it's been a real roller coaster ride just to get Truly Great to this race. 60 kgs, barrier 12, it's, it's, just, it's just really made it a fascinating event, especially even more so with <clears throat> an informed nerf boss dropping down to mm. 54, not to mention the Eastern States Victorian visitor, Princess Jenny, who, Jenny. I, Jenny, who I imagine we'll be talking a lot about. Um, run, Jenny, run. <laughs> often it's, it's bringing just another element to a fascinating Perth Cup. It really is, and yeah. it's drawn perfectly for it as well. It's not going to have any excuses whatsoever. It was, I wish it didn't come. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it would have been easier for all concerned. Jeez, uh, it was pretty good in the Salinger last start as well, uh, Princess Jenny. She, she lost momentum coming into the corner and just ended up an extra pair back, hit the front and just peaked late, was run down by Wentwood. 62 kilos over 2,600 yeah. at And just looked a great conditioning oh. run though. And I love the step from 26. It's gone 26, 25, 24, last three runs. One, obviously, the Bendigo Cup over the 24. And here it is at 2,400. And that for me is like a huge key because if it gets really testing with Trap for Fools out in front, all of the Perth horses have only been racing over 22 tops. And yep. the extra 200 just might fall into her favour. So as long as she's boarded the plane well and gets across and all that sort of jazz, I think she's definitely. I, I I want to be bit. honest. She's a bad. Yeah, yeah. I, I've got a marked eight eight dollars at the moment with the current market. You can get elevens to a little bit more, maybe. Mm. Um, I've got truly great mark two forty, so I'm not going to be investing there. But uh, the rest of them, look, Nerf Bosk has been going really well, but I can't quite get him shorter than seven bucks. And price the the full what price have you got the full trap for fools. Uh, fifteen dollars. Okay, fifteen. Yeah. Just the query is for me here with Trap for Fools. I think he's probably a little bit of the forgotten runner. Truly Great gave him an absolute touch up last start, but Truly Great won't get that same suck in the one-one here. Truly Great yep. will be a few pairs back. It ends up on the back of a. It was a perfect setup. Digit yeah, or a freezing yeah. offer. He's a Parker. That's it's going to have to make a sustained run with the sixty kilos. So, barrier fifteen is not necessarily a horrible thing for Trap for Fools either because yep. you've got a long run into that first turn over the twenty-four hundred meters. So, Nerf Boss and Trap for Fools last met in. In the Towton. Uh, Nerf Boss was a little bit stiff, but uh, Trapper Fools still, it was just a dominant win. There's the exact same weight swing, Trapper Fools Nerf Boss. So, look, if you haven't had a bet yet, you haven't followed in on the futures, um, I think the value at the moment, I think you'll probably even see better on Betfair. You'll probably see a 13 14 $15 late each way with the Eastly in play. Probably is Trapper Fools each way, to be honest with you. Um, I just, I just think, just think he's a little bit forgotten, and I can't see any horse there that's going to take him on for the front. So he might be able to do his own thing for the first half of the race at least, out, out on top. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very much in the truly great camp. I think he's a level above. I think he'll set a new BJ, a new weight, weight carrying record. record. Well, yeah. at least for the 2400 meter cup, anyway. Yeah. 20, I think he'll set uh, a new record for the 2400 meters, and I think he'll go on and be a major player in staying races over East next year. But um, yeah, I, I, I can't. I can't really recommend diving in at two dollars twenty for a horse. I've got it two forty as well um, with Peter, and I realistically probably should have him slightly longer. Um, but I'm just committed mentally, BJ. This been carrying on for weeks. He's two fifteen, two twenty, two twenty five at the moment. But this, this is, this is a task. Let's be honest. This is, this is, this like. 
Um, kudos to Bob Peters for giving us what we wanted, you know. I've got to ask you, Pete, do you think the weight played a role in it at all? Do you think you would have started with 60.5? Do you think you would have started with 61? What, what, what do you, what's a tipping point when it comes to, to, to those sorts of things or, or was, he going to just, was he going to start regardless? Like it, it, it feels like the 60 was just enough to, to, say, to tip him to, for Bob to think, okay, that's a, that's a winnable weight for this horse. I tend to agree, but I also think Bob would have been looking with one eye to the Eastern States Autumn yep. and going, right, which races could we conceivably set this guy for and who is his likely opposition mm-hmm. going to be? And I think he would have thought, well, all things being equal, he's going to be coming up against some pretty smart horses. He might already have a few plans in place for the autumn, in which case truly great can just have some time off, yeah. come back for the spring. I think that probably weighed into things a little bit more. But yeah. let's face it, I mean, Midnight Blue's going pretty well for Bob as well, and that's drawn really well from gate the inside gate there. So he's not just throwing in the one here. Um, so He tipped Midnight Blue. Yeah, yeah I saw that. I, no, that's, no. Is that Bob? That's just classic. Bob. I think that's it's just, it's seemed like Bob didn't. Hey, it? Yeah. yeah, classic. Oh, it's got to be. It's got to be yeah. midnight. Oh yeah, of course it does, Bob. Yeah. No, yeah. Hang on, Bob. So. Um, Terry didn't like didn't like that at no, all, did like you? All. Bob? No, I just snarled at my screen. <laughs> um, quickly, mm. midnight blue. Patrick Carberry, adornment. Joseph as a party. Where's, Where's Clint Johnston Porter? It's a very good question. Out yeah. of favour for whatever reason? I'm not sure. Just, well, he's, just, just, he's probably already won all those other races throughout the car that we're throwing him out on. <laughs> yeah. So he's already won like a double or a treble by this stage. He's, he's in the showers and having beers with us. Yeah, he's <laughs> celebrating at this stage of proceedings. He, he, he wrote a dormant last start, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, is it a weight thing? He's, he's light, isn't he, CJP? I don't know. I'm surprised he's not on either, put it that way. Yeah, as, as am I. That's very interesting. A bit of research yeah, into that, he, perhaps. Just dive into that. So truly great's going to, as Terry said, he's going to set – He's going to attempt to set a weight-carrying record for the 2,500-metre cup anyway. I'd have to go back through the records to check on the Perth Cups of old over the two miles. But um, from 12, this is going to take a pretty good steer from mm. the wizard. Um, but this horse, he, he just could be something out of the box. Um, but he's um, it's going to be fascinating, as I said, to see how this race unfolds. For me, I'm with Pete. I mark Princess Jenny $8, a value at the current quote. Um, I was two thirty, truly great, and five fifty Nerf Bosk. For me, they're sixteen dollars. Oh, you guys just lack a respect for the old boy. They're 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 the three, the real Maddie uh, in this particular race. I, I like the way that he led and boxed on the other day. Was Utgard Loki, mm. um, uh, Justin Warwick conditioning this horse. He's just he's competed well in all the handicap lead ups. Think he's going to probably roll forward, settle somewhere in the first four. He could be the one that adds a bit of value to your your first fours and that running into third or fourth at a big price. But uh, and trainer style, he, he can. He's won uh, he's won a cup before, mm-hmm. Black Tycoon. So and two actually, Black Tycoon and Material Man. So, mm-hmm. um, but for me, I reckon I'm I'm really liking the looks of Princess Jenny. So you're tipping Princess Jenny. After uh, all, no, I feel like we've been part of this journey together. I'm I'm on truly great with you. Okay, but. From your I'm you taking know, offense to a lot of things I today, aren't but I? from I'll be having something on Princess Jenny, I think. Okay. She's she's got she's she's value eight dollars. I'm at a position now where I've I've actually I've done pretty good punting over the journey. I've taken the, the twelve Nerf Boss five, um, truly great, twenty one Trafford Falls, etc. etc. I just get the trumpet out. Um but borrowed it from Matty Barker. Midnight the trumpet. Midnight blue. Um, midnight blue. I've taken unders in the end. I think I took eight bucks. Midnight blue or something. So I've got I've got an unders price there. But I can chop out the whole book and have a green green book. So I, I'm now making the trying to make the decision. Do I do that? It's going to cost me probably. Uh, 
sort of a third of my truly great profit, but it means I can't lose in the race. So that's the question I need to pose to myself. Dilemma. Dilemma it is. Yeah, it is. It is. It's a dilemma over the next couple of days. So that's all I thought I'd point out. Just make it about me. Just go really muggy and have a Princess Jenny to beat truly great trifecta. With your other numbers filling. But then what, what happens when a dormant comes out, lands in the breeze and wins at 70 to 1 or something, and then I've chopped like if you're chopping extra, I feel like I need to chop them all to some degree or, or chop nothing. Like I can back most of them bet fair 200 to 1 probably right at the jump. Just to I don't know. I don't know. I've spent the equivalent of a max stake on four races on it. So it's sort of it'd be a tough tough way to start. I'll put it this way. Long. Have you bet correctly at all opportunities so far for this Perth Cup campaign? Just about, yes. Well then don't Chop out, just yeah. let it ride. Be brave, you're right. Yeah. That was weak as piss of me, considering yeah. it, wasn't it? Be like New Newhead. Be brave. Be brave, yeah, yeah exactly right. I'll be, yeah. yeah. I'm going to blame you when I do my own. <laughs> All right, BJ, it is time for the last race of the day. Hang on, hang on, look. Let's, let's wrap up our Whoa. Perth Cup Whoa. thoughts. Oh, okay. Pete, what's your, what are you, what are you, what are you? I've got no interest in the race. <laughs> if, I have to, if I have to throw out a suggested bet, I'm backing Princess Jenny Danny. Small. Small. That would be it. the current quote. Yeah. I tip truly great. Um, I'm on at the earlies, not as heavily as, as the guru. <laughs> but um, I'd love to see him carry 60 kgs mm. and, uh, and win. That'd be, that'd be quite the sight. Princess Jenny, I'll be having something on just in case. Truly great for me, but Trafford Falls is the value runner that we're all forgetting about and will probably only continue to drift. Dark Musket having his fifth start in the oh. race. I'll tell you the story of the day. That one, the Perth Cup, the delicacy one. I actually backed Dark Musket each way at the hundreds, ran fourth. I backed Dark Musket in the um, Kingston Town that same year, ran third at about 500 to one. So, uh, geez, bit of a war horse. I reckon Dark Musket could have won a few more bucks if they probably lowered their sights a little bit, lowered the eye line and um, tried to push a few singles rather than trying to knock everything over the fence throughout Dark Musket's career. But um, one more win left in Dark Musket. The Jericho. The Jericho, exactly. Or lead right. up to the Jericho, whatever it is. Yeah, whatever. The, the, long the one on Anzac Day in Albany. That's the one, yes. That's got Dark Musket written all over it. So Any chance of a future set? Yeah, <laughs> get it up. Get it up. Okay, it is now time for the last race of the day. Also known, BJ, as the Get Out Stakes. Get how Out you, Stakes. How do you spell that? S-T-E-A-K-S. Is that right, Pete? Stick Delicious. It out. Delicious. Delicious. It's the Get Out Stakes. So are you going to be having any steak at your, uh, as part of your degustation? Yeah, uh, we've got a number of T-bones and then also some ribeyes of the bone in. And uh, I'll just be basing them with a rosemary brush, a bit of melted butter. Um, you know, let them sit and get up to room temperature, sitting in a bit of salt, especially over the fat cap. And then we'll just like... How do you get an invite to this, uh, this set say, did you get one? Because I didn't. Nothing. It was bullshit. <laughs> it's actually just me. That's it. <laughs> Very good. Get Out Stakes, the extremely popular competition, Twitter-based competition, brought to you by Market City Meats, the largest retail butcher shop in Perth, located at the Canning Vale Markets on Bannister Road. Timmy Hewitt and his team, they run the show, swing past, say day. let him know you're a 1-1 listener. Timmy and his uh, team will take very good care of you and all your small goods needs. Congratulations to last week's winner, Richard Stiles. Richard uh, got in. He, sorry, did it in? Yes, he did. He did it in superb style. Did Richard? Um, congratulations, mate. Hopefully, you got out to Market City Meats and picked up your uh, your gourmet cuts of steak um, out there from Timmy and his team. Now, to enter this week's Get Out Steaks race nine at Ascot on Perth Cup Day, please hit us up on Twitter at the One One Pod. Who you think will win race nine and a decimal winning margin? Two decimal places preferred. Terry, remembering the Sam White rule. 
One of my favourite rules, first in, best dressed. First in, best dressed. Race nine is the Mum Champagne Handicap. A 2,200-metre graduation, a bit of a slugfest to uh, is, to wind it? up Perth Cup Day 2021. Yes, it certainly is a bit of a slugfest, but uh, I'll tell you what, I think we've saved the best betting race for last. I'm, um, I'm excited. I'm excited, guys. I'm big, I'm, I'm big Kevin, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm large Kevin for mm. this race. Um, first of all, we have to take on Treasured Crown. It wouldn't be uh, it wouldn't be me if we weren't taking on a stayer for a little freshen up of 50, 60 days. Barrier 14, Lacta going on. Uh, we've just simply got to take on Treasured Crown here. We are choiceless in that matter. Uh, Mr. Delegator rolls forward, probably finds the top. We'll see some aggression from Alda Morn. Casa Rosada will land near them. Rayani, Rayani from Wide Gate will come across and probably breeze, might even um, try to push on with it, but I don't think they'll be handing up for, at any stretch with Mr. Delegator, who I expect to be pretty popular in the market. Probably needed the last start to tighten up a little bit. Um, so fourth up in a prep should go a little bit better. But I think we can find a little bit of value here, BJ. So one thing I like to do is I like to distinguish uh, between... A so, we're, so we're back finding value in this race, are we? 100%. Yeah. Right, yes, we're, we're definitely. Well, I price this horse favourite, which uh, we'll slowly build to. Um, I like uh, I like to distinguish a horse's career once, once I get to a staying journey as sort of two separate careers, so they're normal racing. So Casa Rosada went up to the, um, the staying journey in a uh, class one for the first time. Uh, that was two starts ago. Got the job done. I mean, it beat Rodamonte and it wasn't uh, Aldemore, I think, was in that race as well. It wasn't necessarily the um, the deepest of races, but Aldemore was nine bucks in this uh, in this field. Um, Shawadi Wadi is also shorter, eight bucks uh, in this field as well so thought it was a nice enough win at your first go on a staying journey it often takes a, a horse um a run or two over the journey to sort of get the hang of it and how to settle and this and that so uh second up second go at the staying journey of the 2200 meters was on a day where it was suiting those coming from off the speed ukbar ted ukbar ukbar ted actually just spat then uh ukbar ted um had the suck run on Casa Rosada. Um, geez, that was a that was a fair old move. From, uh, I was pretty happy, pretty happy with that one as well. We, uh, we were pretty keen about there. Um, geez, the trumpet's staying out here permanently, isn't it? Um, look, I thought Casa Rosada was huge giving it the card up throughout. Um, interesting to know that Casa Rosada was also scratched a week earlier, so I think there might have been a slight issue. Suspect that the run was needed. She looks to do a little bit, um, she can race a little bit fiery um, at times. So I'm looking for the extra speed with the speed drawn wide, Rayani, Mr. Delegator. This will be a pretty evenly run race, especially if it is playing on pace as well. So I don't think they'll be loafing along here. Uh, from the gate, I think she lands right behind them. She carries the minimum weight, 60 Raider and a 60 plus. Uh, I've marked her a $4.80 favorite in this race. I just think she's going to be in the finish and um, at uh, around that $10 mark, um, I'm pretty happy to probably pile in and you could probably pile in each way here um, at the 3.30 a place. The only other runner I want to have something on, uh, very keen Casa Rosada, but that's, we want to have something on Winifer as well. Thoughts are the final 100 metres of Winifer's last outing was really good. And this was uh, this was a mare that was going to be anything. If you remember her first couple of preps, she just put in eye catcher after eye catcher after eye catcher. She's going to jump here at close to 30 to one. And um, this race doesn't have much depth. So very happy having a little win spec on Winifer at a big price. Two horse play, 10s and 25s. I'd be surprised if we're not winning. That's it. I'm Gu done. Very See you later. Guru like. Pete, what can you add to this uh to the get out stakes? I think if you're on course, the best play in this race is to head down to Stone Marvelous before this race begins. So you don't have to get stuck in the line afterwards. This is 
the things. I'll be buying after Casa Rosado instead. Oh, that, that's that's okay. I'm going to have something small and navy blue because it's got oh. a really good peak figure <laughs> of 2200 at Ascot. Real big peak figure. I'm going wide with that. You know, was it last so time? Gonna, origin? Isn't it a syndicator that's training it? Yeah, I don't know. Peter Morley? Oh. Bell Huss? No, I don't look yeah. at trainers. Don't look at donors. Don't look at colours. The juggernaut. I'm barely the even watching races James. these days. <laughs> um, I'm going to have something small on it. Um, oh, yeah, this is just not a race that I'm enthused about uh, jumping into. Full yeah, stop. Pete's really sold us there, hasn't he? Just, yep. just really just jumping out of his skin there. Yep. Navy blue. Jeez, if you get that up along with special choice, that, mean, that, might, be me, um, that might be me calling it, I'd suggest. That'll be the most 2020 <laughs> thing to happen in 2021. I thought I thought Sentimental Queen was the obvious. Yeah. Stood out like the proverbial to me. The DBs? Yeah. Fourth to Adornment. Um, I feel as though British Bessie runs second. She's come out and ran well in the ATA stakes last week. Midnight Blue ran third in that race. Uh, Chris Parnham on board. For previous win at Pinjarra was dominant. Uh, with William Pike, carry mm-hmm. 58, got the rails run, admittedly, but just smoked him. Um, gate one, just going to get awfully soft map. Um, angling out into the clear, moving into the race with momentum on the turn into the straight. I reckon this is Sentimental Queen's race. She, she looks very very obvious to me. Um, and I marked her $4. Uh, best available at the moment, six oh five fifty across the board. So they've heard you. They've just moved her in. <clears throat> just just below four dollars actually at Sentimental Queen I was. So I feel as though that this is just a perfect setup for her. And if we're gonna be th- throwing out some random uh, horses in the last because <laughs> I feel as though it's that that kind of race. Um let me join in. Let, me, jo- let me join in the fun. Barramagic. Barramagic. Barramagic is going uh ordinarily. However I wouldn't, this is just this is the kind of race that anything can happen, and I reckon if Brian Kersey has ironed out a few few things that's going on with Barra Magic behind the scene, I can see him with uh, Peter Hall on board running a race. His best form would see him figure in the finish, but uh, he's about twenty seven, probably probably be longer on the day. But um, big sweeping run you'll see from Barra Magic too. He does his best work trying to circle on at about the six hundred. So yeah, yeah. CJP rides him well, but it could be. Holly, Holly could uh, could uh, provide some entertainment mm-hmm. here with uh, with Barra Magic in the Get Out, but it, I'm, it's a, I feel as though I'm a bit in the same um, same ballpark as Pete. It's a bit of an odd way to finish Perth Cup Day, isn't it? It's, it's, a, it's a funny old race. So. Yeah, it is a staying race after the staying. Yeah, it's a, it is very odd odd finish to the day, but a very competitive race, and uh, you wouldn't be um, alone if you hit the field button for the quaddy, yes. or you could just go two out with Casa Rosada and Winifer. So. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> All right, that brings our preview to a close. Now, it is time for our Betfair best betting proposition of the day. The guru steaming in. Off the long run? Off the long run. What have you got? Uh, what do we have? The best betting proposition of the day. I I, I, I want to make it uh, ration early. I just want to see a slightly better price. Um, bat on ball. It's a real. It's a toss up for me this week. It's either Rationale, it's the Dutch with Naughty by Nature, Arcadia Queen, or it's Casa Rosada in the last. It's just a real toss up. It's unlike me, but I'm going to go the shorty of the lot and Rationale. Denard. Betfair best. Betfair best. Rationale. Jumping, Let's get something with a three. Jumping Jai on board. Jumping Jai. Tarima. Uh, Pete A. I will lock in. 
I'll go the naughty by nature, Aberdeen Queen. Ah, that's good. I really have to. Yeah. The Dutch. Oh, okay. I almost wanted to throw out Mervyn, to be honest. I really like yeah, that setup. That's... I think it's a cracking bet at the price. So, yeah, I think both of those are, are pretty solid plays. I like it. I could have easily had Mervyn as well. It's, uh, yeah, I like it. We're aligned. We just don't miss, do we? I think we're like zero, <laughs> zero from 4,000. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe you didn't bring up any data there. <laughs> oh, I've got the spreadsheet somewhere uh, in here. Bernard. Fair, fair best? Yes. Naughty by Nature, race Naughty six nature, of the I day. Like and I, I just want to hear that song blaring on yeah. post-race. Maybe we can request it. If you know, sometimes they ask the DJ playing between races with the music playing. Maybe that guy that just rolls along. Do you know when you're going for a walk or run and someone doesn't that doesn't know what headphones are? Isn't that one of your biggest pet hates in the world? And they just roll past you with their phone blaring. They've actually got a little sound system going on. I'm just going to be that person with my boom phone box. Just rolling yeah, out. Boom box. Too. Just rolling out with a UE boom. Um, best, uh, best, best, best value. Twenty dollars plus. Uh, Maddie, Peter, what's your Maddie? You've given us several today. Yeah, uh, Kia Aura Star's not quite there, but uh, Navy Blue and the last, you know. That's, Navy Blue that's about as insane as you can I reckon, get. I reckon, yeah. I, reckon, I, reckon, I reckon the last is an insane race. Yeah. So I think we all need to just, just pick a Maddie <laughs> in the last and, and just, just be done with it. My Maddie in the last, I'll jump in, Terry. Barra Magic, why not? Winifer. Terry. Winifer in the last as well. So there you go. Chuck them all in, yeah. I actually marked Winifer as single figures. Really? Mm. Ooh, so that is mad. A bit. Yeah, it is mad, I know. Um, we wanted to bring in some Betfair lays at the uh, at the end of the yep. uh, end of the show. Um, quick lay of the day. Quick lay of, lay of the day. Lay of the day. Treasured crown in the last again, coming off the um, coming off the near sixty days between runs. Uh, respect the horse. I think it's the best horse in the race, but um, I think you need a bit of a fitness base to be winning um, a race from the wide gate. Treasured crown in the last. Bj, my lay of the day is race. Three, number four, Dark Mission. Just think she's going to get too far back from gate 10 over the mile. 370 at the moment. I think that's a layable price for me. Yeah, I would certainly agree with that. But I'd be more than happy to suggest. Uh, Condor Heroes has obviously had some level of issue. It's way down in class this weekend. So, I mean, look. If it's at its absolute best, yes, it probably wins this. But I've just got queries as to whether or not that's the case. I'm happy to lay at the place. I like that. That's so, a good... Because uh, I think it either runs lay. first or last. Yep. Well, maybe not last, but first or unplaced. So Misses the kick and it's cooked. Works yep. around him. It'll, be, it'll fold late with the... I like that a lot. You're getting probably $2.20, $2.30 yep. for it not to run a place. And I reckon the correct price should probably be $1.50 type thing. So I, I like that quite a lot, Peter. Well, that brings our Perth Cup Day preview to a close. Just like to personally thank everyone... Uh, Terry and Peter for today but mm. Terry for another year of the 1-1 2020 we survived uh, COVID Pete actually was in the front line of COVID yeah, but uh, we we, uh, <laughs> we we managed to keep the uh, the podcast going through all that we did some remote podcasting mm. and uh, it's been a real real journey 2021 it's been thoroughly enjoyable Terry thank you to everyone who has come on the show and supported the podcast all our listeners all our followers on Twitter, Thanks, our Mom. sponsors, um, yeah, all our guests as well, and uh, yeah, it's been it's been a ripper. I'm looking forward to bigger and better 2021, and I'll now hand it over to the guru Terry Layton to, on his birthday. Happy birthday. All day as well. Take uh, take us out. Uh, well, first of all, thanks Pete for coming on. It's been no a worries. pleasure. 
Anytime. As always, we'll uh, we'll have to get your exact leaving date. And, um, if, if it's not till uh, later January, it gets held up. I reckon we might uh, be able to squeeze you in again. But um, thanks very much to Chrissy Parnham for joining us on the show, and also uh, and also Luke Fernie um, for and letting us know about the podcast horse New Had, not New Hard, the Brave, the Brave New Had. Um, more details, any more details you want, uh, contact Fernie Racing at gmail.com. I think we'll have a lot of fun with New Had. So um, get involved if you're that way inclined. Enjoy the races. Uh, enjoy Perth Cup Day. I'm going to be out there. Pistol looks like he'll be out there. BJ? I'm a starter. BJ's a starter. Yeah. So you've got, uh, we've got a full field here. Um, so come out, say hello. Um, looking forward to, uh, I think, what is a really good betting card. We've, we've thrown up quite a few at, uh, at prices as well. So looking forward to putting 2020 behind us and moving into 2021 with a shed load of winners. And most importantly, uh, thank you to our producer who uh, who puts all this blabbering into a little package. You'll be surprised that this uh, two-hour podcast you get actually goes for about six, and she manages to get it down to about two. So thank you ever so much to our unwavering uh, producer and Jen, and who does an incredible job. And BJ, Peter, until next week and until next year on the one one. <laughs>